Hey guys, what's up? This is Pooch with the After Work Drinks podcast, and I'm bringing you into episode 9B. Uh, yes, B, which symbolizes part two, which means if you haven't listened to part one, go back to your podcast provider of choice where you found us. Uh, maybe that was Apple Podcasts, maybe Spotify, uh, possibly it was Google Play Music, Stitcher, or our host, SoundCloud. Uh, whichever one it was, you want to go back, you want to listen to 9A and then come back here to do 9B. You don't want to get just dropped in the middle of a conversation with no context. You have no idea what's going on. But uh, if you did listen to 9A, then you are in the right place. This is episode 9B. Uh, it is a special episode that we did with the shy beer guy, Mr. Brady Potts. And we, uh, we did a lot of good, serious talking in part one. Uh, but then in part two, as you're about to hear, uh, we got deeper into our beer tastings, deeper into our reviews, and we were doing so uh, without full bellies. And when you do that, you, you get a little silly. You get a little silly. So uh, the topics we touch on really open up in this part of the episode. Uh, we continue with our beer tastings. We start talking about food. Uh, of course, when you're having beers, crazy things like White Castle come into play. Uh, we talk birth signs, IPA moves, the red stripe guy makes an appearance. Hooray, beer! Uh, we talk about craft beer's presence at sporting events. And we also touch on half-naked, quote-unquote, beer influencers on Instagram. I know it's audio, you can't see me, I'm doing the air quotes. Uh, the half-naked beer influencers that, you know, like to take pictures that seem to have a lot more to do with their looks than the actual beer or presenting any content of value. We'll touch on that. That's a very hot-button topic for Brady, and he goes all in on that. And uh, we even touch on Game of Thrones because, I mean, it's like the hottest show out there for how many years, and obviously uh, it was in its final season and just came to completion. So uh, we really just touch on a bunch of random stuff like that and have a bunch of fun with it. Uh, the, the wheels come off and uh, just lots of laughs. It's good times. So please get ready, buckle in, grab yourself a beverage and listen to this entertaining conclusion of the episode. Uh, definitely not one to be missed. And then we'll wrap things up on the backside and tell you where you can find all of the Shy Beer Guys content as well as uh, where you can find us in the next couple of months as we have a lot of fun stuff going on. So without further ado, uh, we jump back into our beer banter and uh, discussing a fine array of beers that Brady has brought to the table. So uh, take it away. We've officially uh, had our, our halftime. We took our potty breaks. Uh, we're, we're, we're good. I think we're caught up on the same beer now. Mm -hmm. uh, so just to to recap, I believe previously we had the Extra Circus from extra around the Extra Circus, bend. yeah. Brewed IPA. Uh, I, will give that, I will give that a pints up for sure. I'll give it a pint um, up. It's, pints it's, up. It's definitely, uh, definitely something that for a uh, first time having it, not even knowing of its existence from ATB and, uh, and their catalog. Uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a tea drinker and something about that finish. I feel the that the, black that, tea, that black tea finish on my tongue. And I, I like it. It, it, it was good. It, yeah. it, it's like one of those things where it kind of like triggers like other memories, like the tea relation is somehow giving me like fond, 
fondness of this beer. So I like that. Uh, we've, we flashed this while we were talking about our topics here, but uh, I, don't know if we, melter. I don't know if we called it out. Yeah, so the hibiscus face melter from Burnt City. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're both on right now. How are we feeling about this one? Um, I only took one sip. So All right, do it, do it again. Let's jump in again. Let's cheers. 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 Fruity and floral aromas with a hoppy punch. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely very flowery. Yeah, I get, I get the flowery for sure. Uh, the very, there. very earthy, kind of grassy. Um, I like the it taste is, better than the smell. Can I say that? Like the the you smell. Can say whatever, you can say whatever you want, man. Speak your mind. I love authenticity. The, the when it comes to smell beers. kind of is like after after a good hearty like rain. It's feel it's like you you mentioned earthy in the taste, and I I feel like I'm smelling dirt or grass after after a good downpour. I just smell sweet. Okay. It smells really sweet to maybe me. Maybe my maybe my nose is broken. I I don't give sexy descriptions of smells apparently, if, but if anything my nose is broken. Um, but I will say I will say the smell doesn't matter because what are we doing with this? We're drinking it and and I think it tastes pretty darn good. It's not bad. It's maybe not necessarily my style. Um but Agree I, on that. Yeah. But I wouldn't totally like disagree with it um i i think i'm gonna give the edge to uh the extra circus because i liked how clean it was this is not as clean but it's not intended to be clean right right so um it, it depends on also depends on your definition of clean but for me it's uh i think it's tasty it's uh this is something like that i could like drink this one and and be happy with uh i don't know that i would keep going back to the well as like a like a favorite or anything like that mm-hmm. but i i can have an appreciation for it um if if I was being so so direct as to just simplify it to like a pints up or pints down, I like it. Um, I might go pints down just because I don't see myself coming back here again. And a lot of that has to do with me and like IPAs. Um, don't get me wrong, I like IPAs. Um, I'm more into the whole like West Coast and like the fruity juicy IPA thing. Um, I guess what happened with me is like when IPAs were like really not that they're not now, but when they were like really all the rage and like there's so many great IPAs, I think I just like overdid myself. And I say that a lot on the show. Uh, so I tend to like make myself gravitate away from things in hopes that absence makes the heart grow fonder and then I could double back. So right sure. now I like I like fruity I like juicy I like West Coast IPAs more than than your standard. Well, we've had two we've this... had two IPAs so far and one half of Bison. So I mean yeah we're, we're kind of going out of order. We yeah, are we yeah. are actually we are but that's okay. We we had to, we had to make sure we had the, the three guys from, uh, from from the brew yards the from... district brew yards. We had to do that. Yeah. But um so yeah this right now I mean it's the hibiscus like I I'm getting that. Uh, I like the. Is it wrong to to mention a big dog? Is it wrong to say I like the the Revolution Rosa a lot? I kind of. It's been a while for me, but I. It's kinda, been a while since I had that. It's yeah, similar. It's I, similar to this. I, similar. I feel like the last time that I had it may have been two or three years ago, like chilling at Ravinia, like on the lawn for a concert. It smells like pizza right now. It does smell like pizza. I wish I was eating pizza. Should we get some pizza? Oh, your pizza. You got pizza. Oh, your pasta. Oh, pasta. Pasta, well, we're pasta in, smells like pizza. It, well, we, I mean, it's got sauce on pizza, it, probably. We're pizza, in the, pasta? Italian. We're in the right ballpark. Is, basil, garlic. Oh, tomato, tomato basil, basil, garlic. Are we just wow. doing that thing where everything sounds delicious because we're drinking? Is that this what's is, happening? Uh, you guys are probably hearing in the distance a little whiskey. She's... Uh, my spirits consultant on, uh, and I say my spirits consultant, like she's my personal spirits <laughs> consultant, like my personal, like, Hey, like bring home this stuff. No, this is uh she's, uh, a spirits consultant at Benny's, um, Evergreen park. If you guys ever go in there, 
get a get a shot to, will, to go will, in there. I will now. Uh, reference Lil Whiskey, and you can say that 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 shy beer guy sent uh, sent you there. Um, pizza, I'm gonna pizza s- pasta. That smells. That's. I'm gonna say good. that pairs with like anything we've been having right now. That could just be because I haven't eaten all day. I thought it was pizza, and it turned out to be pasta. What about pizza pasta? Would that be a thing? Can, can that be a thing? Pizza? That could totally no, be a like, thing. No, like like uh like I'm thinking like penne pasta noodles with like parm pizza and the crust was a chicken and it was parm. Oh, I seen that. Where's that from? Pasta on top of it too. Where's that from? In New York, I think. Chicken oh, parm pizza. So we have to go to New York to get what you want. Okay. Chicken parm pizza. I was pizza. thinking like uh like and, and this might be gross, but I feel like it would be good is penne pasta with like a really good tomato, maybe like basil sauce mozzarella with pepperoni i feel like that would be good that sounds very good i'm making myself hungry I, that's, we, sh- that, we should stop talking about food that's happening let's let's move on so um between between this face melter i i think it's been a while for me in revolution rosa but i, I feel like if we're talking hibiscus that's kind of like that was my go-to uh this is good if i had to give it pints up pints down i, I would say up but like for me it's it's just a skosh over like the middle of the road for my taste it's not saying it's bad for what it's trying to be um but kind of like you said like not necessarily your style your go-to i'm gonna say pints down okay okay i was very i was very much on the borderline i'm just over i don't half. i don't think again i don't think it's bad it's just not me that's why that's why i say pints down is it's not like hibiscus is not me i think it's it's right it's good in the right beer um but for an IPA, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily me. And again, I would, I would drink it again, but I wouldn't like fawn over it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's kind of like where I'm at is I'm, I'm just like a, a hair, uh, above average on it from my palate. Uh, you know, if you're like super into the, like this thing, you could be like, of all the hibiscus beers, like this, this could be your thing. Um, out of this and like, like Rosa, I honestly, I don't know if I, if I've had very many others. So I'm going to say like, they're good. You know, I I would have it again, but if you're telling me it's my money on the line and I'm in the store and what do I go? It wouldn't be the first thing I go to no, for sure. Yeah, no. It'd be it would be farther down the list. So no. uh, good for what it is. But uh, the other thing I think that I do with my reviews is as much as you want to review these things um, on an individual basis, I think you know as you rattle off a line of beers as we're doing here, I do kind of like accidentally in my mind compare. So if the previous beer was like high marks for me, I kind of intentionally slash unintentionally compare the next one to it. And I think that's what I'm, I'm doing here. And I did enjoy the, uh, the ATB. I did enjoy the extra circus more than this guy. And yep. I, I, it's hard when like I, we could drink some water, we could freaking have some oyster crackers to cleanse our palate or whatever the professional way of doing it is. But I think I, I just, I have a hard time when I'm, reviewing beers one after the other not in some way comparing them even if they're not the same style yeah Yeah, yeah, even when they're not the same style yeah 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 i mean it makes sense like if i was being fair it's natural it's natural though it's natural yeah and any sitting when you're drinking multiple different styles of beer it's it's really easy to just say yeah this was good but i like the one before that a little bit better or this this is really good it's definitely a lot better than the previous one but i mean i mean when you have beers back to back that's kind of to be expected yeah you you can't it's not you can't escape it it's It's not not fair but it's not fair to make that type of assessment if you're in if you are reviewing a beer individually yeah you you could probably give it a more fair rating or a fair you know or if you're going to compare like ideally it'd be like ales to ales porters to porters not like 
IPAs to sours or you know whatever it might, right. it might I, be in like, this case IPAs to Hefeweizens yeah exactly or, so it's, or hibiscus IPA to a brewed IPA they're just two totally different styles so I mean if, if we're talking in terms of our, our preferences in terms of what we like then yeah I would say I would have to say the extra citrus took took the edge for me as well um but that doesn't necessarily make this a bad beer by no, a, by any means not, and it's actually a, surprisingly a seven percent IPA Oh, nice. so at least it's got that the up up the alcohol percentage, you know. Yeah, I, I would say it's a, a little bit above average when going off of my my palate. Um, but yeah, I mean, compared to to what we've been tasting so far, and just also too like mood. Like sometimes it's just like whatever's going on in my mouth on this given day. Like sometimes I'm just in a mood for a certain style of beer, and other times I'm not. Like I, I've had plenty of times where I was like, man, you know what? that's a pretty decent beer, but I just wasn't in the mood for an IPA today. And and that's a thing too. And, and I don't know if people out there like buy into me saying that, but again, it's all, it's all subjective. And that's me. Like I have my beer styles that I can go to almost every day of the week. And I have other ones where it's like, man, you catch me in the right mood. Yeah. I really love that beer. Other days like, Oh, you know, just wasn't the right day for me for that. And I, I don't know like if that's weird or if that's normal, but that's how I am. I, I'm, I've got like a whole, I don't know, like uh, beer is very much a mood. The, the, it's very, very, very much a mood. I feel like I've got the whole I'm a Leo and the sun and the moon and the planets are aligned. Are you a Leo? I am. No way. And I'm just sitting here like <laughs> I'm just sitting here like I, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I feel like there's some cosmic moon planet like birth sign thing going on where you know some days on a Sunday I want this beer, and other times I want this one, and on their own independently in a vacuum what I say about them could be completely different than just whatever wacky mood I'm in today. Sure. Uh, so face melter, it's a good beer, but I don't see myself putting it on the top half of a priority list. If I'm going shopping. No, I, and I think it depends on your preferred style as well, but that's funny. I got to ask you that you said you're a Leo. I got to ask you, are you a July Leo or an August Leo? I am a July Leo. Okay. I'm an August Leo. Okay. I was born. Cheers to Leo. Cheers cheers to Leo's. That's right. Uh, I was born on the last day of Leo. So I'm what they call a cusp sign. Okay. Which is on the cusp of Leo and Virgo actually. So I'm a cusper. Do you, do you feel like you exhibit the uh, any signs of hundred percent? Okay, a hundred percent. And I only say that because that you know I believe in self awareness as like a tool for life. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I think it's cool. A lot of people think uh, astrology is bullshit, but you know I kind of want to. I kind of want to say that like I don't know if it's like a placebo effect. Like you, it makes you like buy into it because it's put in your to your mind. But if I'm being about what you know about yourself, period. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being fully honest, like, sure. Are like horoscope things like to a certain degree, like vague so that they're always kind of correct. Horoscopes are different, though. Yeah. Let me talk about the difference between horoscopes and general astrology. General astrology is is a general understanding of your personality in at, at scale or in in a, a, a full scope right okay as opposed to like this as, week, a, you're as opposed be this. to like <laughs> today you are going to deal with a lot of adversity it's like okay well that's like a matter of opinion so and it's also such a broad matter. it's like also such a broad statement like you could have a grandma on life support. Am I too close to my mic? No, I'm, you're you're sexy on your mic. You're just always like two I'm inches. Getting too close. I'm like getting real clo- real mic. close to getting intimate. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. I should mm. buy dinner first at Ooh. least. 
Like, I just don't, I don't know. Like adversity, that's a, that's a big word in a horoscope. Like uh, is, is your grandma in the hospital on her deathbed or were you just really constipated today? And that sucks. Like what adversity did you face? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's all a matter of opinion. It, it really is. It really is. So going back to subjection, subjective. How many, how many more beers do we have, man? We got uh, plenty of we beers. We got plenty of beers. I, so, so what's next? We have, was it, there one on this open is a, this Hot Butcher? Okay. Hot Butcher. You posted a, did, was it you that posted a picture of this or someone else? I did. Else? I posted one yesterday. So I, I had one of these. This is your wishes granted. This is actually a non-hazy from uh, Hot Butcher of all things, but um, a Citra, Nelson Savin, Sauvin. And Galaxy Hopped Double IPA, 7.5% alcohol by volume. But wait, the tasting notes on the back. Okay. This is what I love about Hot Butcher. There's more. Bright citrus, white grapes, and ripe tropical. I do love a white grape in general. I'm more about the red grapes. Okay. I mean, I I kind of... Or purple. They call them red, right? Yeah, yeah. It's purple. They they're really purple. purple. Yeah, they're, they're really purple. purple. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like all the grapes, but something about a, a white grape, I think, quenches my thirst a little more, if that, okay. if that's a thing. I don't, I don't know. It's a little bit more acidic. Mm-hmm. Not as sweet. So, um, so we're sticking with the IPAs. Now, Now this is something uh, I couldn't tell you which number episode specifically. I forget, but we've discussed this on the podcast, the... Uh, the like myth, the urban legend of like uh, IPAs and and moobs for the dudes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, is the, is this something you've ever followed? I don't know. I don't know if it's as widespread as I think it is. I'm sorry, you're gonna so, have to elaborate. On, okay, on so that one. like, I don't want to go like pull up a, a Google thing on my phone here and like read verbatim. But so I'll just go from what's in my memory. But I believe um, there is a kind of like a, a urban legend thing that you know may or may not have some scientific validity that the makeup of an IPA uh, has things in it that are characteristic of estrogen so a man drinking heavily with IPAs could possibly develop a, a little extra meatiness in the the chest area <laughs> and so when I hear du- when I hear double IPA no I'm like fucking way. I'm like oh god like double IPA double the moves where where did you read this where oh like it's everywhere like I, I will I mean I don't it's probably boring for me to pull it up on my phone for the listeners and the the viewers here but like I, I can show you after the oh fact there's god. there's our Articles that oh both my God. try to slap in the mic again. Articles slap that try mic. to articles that try to like push that agenda, and articles that are like that's one thousand percent bullshit. Um, Dude, what the fuck? Okay, it's kind I of can, a fun. I can it's just kind say, of a fun topic though. I can just say okay, that's first of all, that's hilarious. I'm really glad you brought this up, but that. That is, I can say that that is 100% horse's ass bullshit because I drink a lot of IPAs and I'm actually a really skinny dude. You might have a good metabolism though. I, I, I might, it could be good genetics, but my, fuck like I, my father is like the skinniest dude you'll ever meet has the biggest like sweet tooth eats the like junk and like you can see the man's ribs. Look at me. I didn't take after my dad. So I don't know about this IPA moves thing, but when it comes to genetics, yeah, I didn't take after dad. Dude, that's dad. fucking hilarious. I don't like I don't know where where at all that you like found if you, that. If you Google it, you'll find a lot of articles on both sides. A um, correlation between IPAs and man boobs. So let me f- by moobs, okay, let me clarify. By moobs, you mean man boobs? Yes, man boobs. You mean manly man boobs. boobs. You will get breast assists from drinking heavily breast, on breast the IPAs. Breast assists. So we're, we're flashing right now the your wish is granted. Uh, Citra Nelson. What is Sauvin? Sauvin? Ne- Nels- Nelson Sauvin. Sauvin. Oh, so it's like that sounds like a wine word. Nelson Sauvin and Galaxy Hopped Double India Pale Ale. 
Uh, and it also has dude from, uh, is that dude from Big? Is that, uh, what's the... The, no, the, it's not. Yeah, Zoltar. Zoltar, Zoltar yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's what it looks like. Yeah, it, it can't be officially Zoltar. They'd get sued, but it's it's totally it's totally trying to be Zoltar, and that's cool. All right, let me Rem- do a better. Rem- pour than, yeah, remember to tilt your glasses. Yeah, right. Then. Like I, I swear to God, was like the empty stomach. We were two beers in, and I I forgot the old tilt your glass. Like, all right, this is gonna get really interesting because we're both feeling the alcohol. So what have you eaten today? I've eaten nothing. Zero. Okay, we're on the same playing field, so that's good. Zilch. There you are, my friend. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, you're a little bit ahead of me. We're not on the same realm or we're not on the same. That's uh, true. That's frequency. true. You're back. Um, let's, uh, real quick. I want to touch on brand recognition because yeah. we kind of, uh, we, we started talking about branding and marketing. We talked mostly about marketing, but I want to talk about brand recognition in correlation with marketing and why I think that's important. They are related. I mean, going into the overall concept of brand recognition, how does a consumer recognize a brand? You know, and what what do you have to do for your brand to be recognizable? One being establishing your identity, you know, and I think the best way to do that is not only to do that in-house if you have a brick-and-mortar spot, mm-hmm. but uh, mostly, again, in packaging and, and branding. Yeah. Uh, that's If you brand your product in a way that is can be easily recognized no matter what you put out in terms of the style, then it's really, uh, it's really, really, really going to make a huge difference because you develop that brand identity, and then what happens is, is when people start to see more of your product, whether it's online, in the online space, or in the retail space, you know, they can pick your shit out from a plethora of options, no matter what. It's, yeah. it's going to be extremely recognizable because the way that you uh, brand it. So I think brand recognition plays a huge part in uh, keeping a crowd, you know. I, I, I mentioned a couple times already that like, do I call myself easily amused? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I, what I call this, but... Um, if you entertain me with your the name, if it's a, a joke, a play on words, a reference to a, a movie, a show, a, a thing, a pop culture thing that I like, like that that pulls me in. If your bottle, if your can is attractive, that pulls me in. Um, at a young age, probably the a brand that like just like buried attach it in me with like recognition and and this may sound so totally stupid and random and like the reasoning behind it but um i believe it was around the time i was of legal drinking age i probably couldn't tell you for sure uh as we said you know we observe people drinking illegally uh so it might have been slightly before 21 might have been slightly after but I remember at a younger age that I was completely enamored as a young beer drinker by the advertising campaign from Red Stripe. And I I loved that dude that was all like, Jamaica, hooray beer. Oh my God. I am stupid. Like I am easily amused, but that dude and his commercials made me laugh. So when I went to the bar when I went to the store and when I saw the damn little medicine bottle style thing with the red stripe across it, I knew red stripe. I identified with it and I thought hooray beer. And I was like, give me one of those. And red stripe tastes all right. I mean, obviously we're, we're focused on craft well, beer let me, here. Let but... me ask you, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but let, let me ask you, like, let's talk about a, a more realistic uh, scenario where you were influenced by a craft beer brewery. Okay. So what, 
it, can you think of a particular time? Because I mean, if you think about it, Red Stripe and a, a local craft brewery are totally different. Red Stripe probably Completely. has more marketing funding than than a local brewery would. For naturally, sure, naturally. Yeah. So what we're talking here is totally different than Red Stripe. Right, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it, but, but, but it, it, least, it at no, least like, speaks to like my young impressionable mind was like, oh silly, sure, silly sure. Jamaican guy from the commercials, like, and I was into that. Just like somebody might be like into uh what was the the dude for old spice the the funny dude on like the old spice commercials like that dude like what do i use right now i use old spice do you know why i use old spice i didn't used to i do now because that dude was funny as hell with his random shit like i'm on a horse and i'm just like this is the most random effing commercial ever i don't know what's going on that those commercials were awesome right like i there was a, a campaign where they had a thing where you could punch in like um, kind of like an A or B choices for what you wanted it to say and then give your phone number and it would give you a voicemail. And the year that that was my voicemail, that that guy speaking to whoever was calling me, uh, maybe not would have been the best for like job interview people like calling me, but was the greatest for my friends. So like the two most impactful advertising campaign brand recognition things i recall in my life is red stripe beer and old spice with the old spokesperson dude riding like a horse or a unicorn or whatever and blurting out random phrases loudly like that was the shit to me but to to get it back on focus back on track as you said like pertaining it to craft beer which as you very accurately said uh does not have the budget that a bigger company like that would have um Something that caught my eye. Um, this, I, ooh, that's hard. Like, I feel like there's a lot of micro things that like pull you towards product, and you don't really always realize the deep rooted reason why. I could say this might be like a chicken before the egg, egg before the chicken kind of thing. So I might be reverse engineering this. It might not be the real reason it pulled me in, but like, um, I recognize Revolution a lot. Obviously, they're sure. they're a big dog. I am, their branding is great. So I'm currently wearing this hoodie that has nothing to do with Revolution, but if you look at it, it kind of looks like the, the Revolution fist. fist, right? The fist, yep. Uh, so this is this is a, a I'm a wrestling fan. Yes, I have 34. I still like wrestling, and uh, a former wrestler by the name of CM Punk. He kind of had a Revolution esque logo for former a time. MMA. Is we he don't still like, doing MMA. They're UFC's never going to schedule him for another fight. He <laughs> sucked. The gimme fights that gave him to win, Terrible. he he lost. So wasn't, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't there a uh, former wrestler that was also a Power Ranger? Oh, uh, the green and later white ranger, I believe, uh, has he does like martial arts, I think, and actually, I want to say had like a Twitter beef with CM Punk or somebody else, like talking shit, saying like in real life, I could be, I could like beat your ass. Like I don't yeah. I don't know that he wrestled matches but he definitely had like some martial arts i don't know what discipline but might have been mma i knew he was into mma yeah for sure originally for whatever reason i thought that was cm punk so i'm kind of like i'm reverse engineering this because obviously revolution came before this was a cm punk thing but um to say that i walk down the street with like a hoodie with this logo and i have people be all like oh like revolution and it's because it has the fist and because like the back of it has the chicago stars and things like that they're close enough that I, I can I can see that. Roll with it. Yeah, I can roll with it. So it's kind of funny because like CM Punk was kind of like a favorite of mine in wrestling. And then he sucked at MMA and he sort of had some stuff in his like 
like personal life that like I know people that know him and he without getting too much into it kind of like not the greatest person at times sure he's uh he's a grumpy a grumpy cat um but grumpy, I, grumpy I, cat. I still wear that even though like right now I don't fully like agree with dude uh he was a good time for his run on top in wrestling so I still wear this hoodie for that and also it kind of doubles as like so many people think it's a revolution hoodie when I wear it and I'm just like yeah I like beer sure it's revolution fuck CM Punk <laughs> so that's kind of reverse engineering it but um yeah like I don't know I feel like revolution like the fist is very iconic to me um I don't know that revolution's one of my favorite breweries but from a marketing standpoint I feel like that fist is very iconic would you would you not agree with that no 100 percent, 100 percent. and actually uh revolution played a, a huge role in my early years with uh craft beer give so it to me give it to me when they first started um my i was really really into their they used to release bomber bottles yeah uh, 22 ounce bottles um, I used to be really, really into their one-off releases, and but first and foremost, I think I loved their branding so much. Um, I think one of the first beers I had was Antihero when they came out with Antihero. Um, I'm, I just loved the the streaks that kind of like comic booky almost like streaks on the can, and yeah. the fist just kind of stood out, and they always had that general on the can, and um, it, it was just very, very cool. It was nothing like I had ever seen on a beer can before or a beer label before. And for me, um, it really painted a picture of of what the beer was kind of going to be like. You yeah, know? yeah. And now I associate when I uh, associate green on a beer can with anything, I associate it with antihero. Yeah, and I think the one thing that speaks to how well antihero. Um, does was, was does and was marketed it is marketed and um just like it's it's foothold in in places is just how what, just how often you see it yeah like i don't want i don't know what the right term is but like when you i'll just say it this way because i don't know like the the sugar-coated best way to say it but when you go to your like local hole-in-the-wall dumpy whatever bar that is like all domestics and then maybe only one or two craft options what is always one of those two craft options. I always see anti-hero at the quote unquote normal non-craft beer bars, uh, maybe a Lagunitas IPA, but I see anti-hero so much. If there's only one craft selection and the rest of it's Bud, Miller, um, you know, Modelo, uh, Stella, whatever, like anti-hero is I think the most common craft beer in your average normal not trying to be craft bar. Uh, I don't want to say like that's a verbatim factual statement, but from my experience, I see that a lot at the places I go. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if those bars are all like, yes, we want anti-hero, that speaks to like the power of Revolution's marketing and specifically with anti-hero that that has a foothold when it's like, hey, like this bar doesn't have like 20 something things on draft. We got like eight and seven of them of your, ba- your basic beers. And then the one is anti-hero. I think that speaks volumes to what Revolution does in in that sense of business. It it speaks to their place in beer history. You know, they were one of the first in Chicago. I think, like, when I think of Chicago breweries, Top Dogs, Mm -hmm. I think of Goose Island, obviously. Yep. Um, I think of Lagunitas. Mm -hmm. I think of uh, Revolution and Half Acre. Okay. As, As breweries that are... 
uh, most readily available in just about any bar that you go to. Ran- so, random side note. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt your story for more than ten seconds. But random side note in our uh, our craft madness bracket that we did. Uh, everyone you just mentioned, except for Lagunitas, was involved just because they technically did not originate here in Chicago. Yeah, they were from California. Yeah, and, uh, no, I don't think they. I know they didn't originate from from uh, from Chicago, but they they've had. Oh yeah, they've had a place in Chicago. In Chicago for, for a long time. For yeah. a long yeah. time. Since yeah. if, if you think about beer history in Chicago, definitely, definitely not disputing pre, that pre revolution, pre pre craft beer revolution. Um, they were they were one of the first, I would say, goose in this order: Goose Island, Lagunitas, Revolution, Half Acre. Yeah. Um, but when I think of uh of places that were born here, obviously aside from Goose Island, because they were born in '88, you think of early '90s or or mid '90s. Right. I think the the concept of revolution was was born and it didn't actually happen until the 2000s. But, um, I th- I think they definitely paved the way in terms of, uh the opportunity for breweries to make something of themselves. Um, Fully agree with that. So that being said, I mean, uh, revolution holds a special place in my heart. Um, I don't particularly flock to their beers uh, a lot these days because I believe in uh, the, the, the underdog, the, the smaller people that are out there that are, that are brewing some uh, top notch, a real quality beer and not that revolution isn't it's just that um me being a regular craft beer nerd i i appreciate the the simplicity of of uh, a microbrewery of of somebody that's just starting out because they they are so humble yeah i, w- I would say revolution forever holds a place in my heart because when as as a young just legal like beer drinker um, they were like one of the first craft things where it's like, yeah, they, they broke through, they were big. Like when you were talking craft, you knew like revolution. And so I sought them out. But then as I got more into the world of craft and like, like you said, like the, the little guy, the underdog, um, I'm an underdog person. I mean, I, I'm a Cubs fan, like, you know, until they won the world series in 2016, what was, you know, the ultimate underdog. And that applies to a lot of areas in my life. And, and that includes beer. So, I, I rode the revolution wave and they were a big part of, you know, a brewery that got me into craft, but, um, I kind of jump off of that and go to like smaller breweries, like micro breweries, uh, in hopes that, you know, one day maybe they become something bigger too. And, and that's not to say that revolution still isn't good. It's just my, my focus tends to be in exploring other avenues that are less exposure than what revolution now has they've clearly made it uh so i tend to go towards that underdog again and try to latch on to other breweries that maybe uh need to be put in the eye public eye a little bit more like hey do you know about these guys you should they're really good like look at them because revolution doesn't need me to push them anymore but no i think that's the fun (laughs) part too is is uh supporting uh the underdog i think i think uh you know one thing i could tell you about uh distribution me working in distribution these days is um the market is hyper local Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people love these smaller breweries they love you know breweries that are that are out there doing their thing and and showing their identity and and uh just really making a difference in in their community um, I think that's part of the appeal with a lot of a lot of these breweries too is is that they create a sense of community you know they they create this sense that that there is a place for you to go to enjoy good beer and 
interact with good people and, and have a good time. So like, I think a, a cool thing that I can sort of like spin off of what you're saying, uh, in recent episodes, we, we did some California breweries over the phone. And so we did refuge brewery in Temecula and then we did, um, culture brewing and they have three tap rooms, uh, in the San Diego area, give or take. And they kind of try to like, they're trying to open up more breweries up the coast. And so my thing is they like tell me stuff about their beer. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like that's, that's mouthwatering. And like the distribution for say like a refuge, um, is very local in that area. It's not even really regional, let alone national. Um, and a part of that is a very intentional decision. Like, um, refuge brewery is, uh, their flagship beer is blood orange wit and they literally are like legit, not like artificial flavor, like legit squashing some blood oranges to, to make that blood orange wit, like however many hundreds of pounds per week or month or whatever it is. And so it's kind of cool, obviously, like from a monetary standpoint, would the owner of that brewery love to just like explode and be national and be sold everywhere? Sure, he'd be like a bajillionaire if that happened. But also there is a cool thing knowing like, hey, we're from this city, this community, we distribute to these parts of Cali, and that's it. Mm-hmm. If you want this, you either have to come here and go to one of those areas and get it, or you need to know somebody in Cali and you're doing the whole beer trade game. And like part of that's kind of cool Which too. Is a whole separate category that beer trade game. Oh yeah. Uh, but but it's kind of cool like Obviously, from a business perspective, who doesn't want to get rich and be like, our beer is everywhere. But there is a kind of cool niche to be like, this is our area that we focus on and like community and man, people love us here. And like, we're just like so happy to like provide for this area of the state, the city, the region, you know, in the U.S. Like there's something to be said for that too, where it's just cool. Like, Hey, like you can only get this here. Like granted, they'd sign a contract on the dotted line to be like, boom national but at the same time like that whole like local pride is like real it's tangible it's cool and we have a lot of chicago and chicago suburb breweries that are the same way like they are quote unquote ours and we're so proud of them and they're awesome and they make great beer and every state has something like that and it's just it's really cool like you know money wise sure like let's blow this thing up but Pride wise, it's kind of nice to be like, this is our little taste of home that we have. And it's only available here in this pocket. That's Mm -hmm. cool too. Super cool. I mean, and I think Chicago is, and I've been saying this for the last three years, actually. Um, The last three years, I've made a point to say publicly that Chicago is the craft brewing capital of the U.S. um, I've seen articles say that lately. Now, I don't know how that's measured, but like... It's measured by the, uh, so personally, when I said it, I say that uh, it's the capital, uh, the craft beer capital of the U.S. in terms of the the quality of breweries and and what they're putting out, uh, which I can't accurately say, of course, because I've never been to all 50 uh, congruent states, but uh, or continu- Be, been there, con- let alone states, like, but... to try everything that they would offer is right. like a no. life's goal that probably would never happen. That would probably take a long time. Yeah. But um, 
you know, I've just been saying in terms of speculation, just me speculating other areas of, of uh, you know, other states that are putting out beers. And there is a lot of great beer out there. And I think for a long time, Cali was a leader. Uh, California was a huge leader in uh, craft beer sales in terms of uh, the, the quantity of breweries. Now, Chicago in Chicago land, the state of Illinois in general actually is uh, roughly at about 240 breweries. Yeah. Okay. About a hundred and probably roughly 170, 167, 170 uh, breweries in the metro area. So mm-hmm. in Chicago alone, um, I've been saying for a long time that Chicago is the craft beer capital of the U.S. because of the uh, the quality of product that's coming out of here. Uh, but also the quantity as yeah. well. If you, and if it, you combine... it's actually most recently measured by the quantity. So uh, it's the craft brewing yeah. capital of the U.S., and I say that in quotations, craft brewing, supposedly. Um, craft brewing capital of the U.S. Com- combining like sheer amount with quality, like uh, however that, that metric would, would balance out. Like I, Oh, yeah. N- not even being a homer, I-, I would say that that seems pretty factual. Easily. If I were to, if I were to like maybe stay in the same vein, but like slightly transition to just like comparing us to like other cities and states. Uh, so one thing that I mentioned to you is that I was recently at the like opening home opener weekend series of the Chicago White Sox mm-hmm. uh, against the Seattle Mariners, and it was actually I'm a Cubs fan, but I live. Oh no! Right? Please leave my leave your leave, leave my your, house. Your domicile. Please. Yes. Uh, so I'm a leave, Cubs. Leave the dojo. I'm a Cubs. You are fan. now the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. I I am a Cubs fan. However, uh, I am a little miffed with both like the management, the ownership, the the product on and off the field right now. And I am pretty excited about the White Sox kind of being in a position of where the Cubs were in 2015, where it's like, hey. Uh, we've got some prospects. They're getting called up. Hey, this is happening a little faster than we thought. And I feel like that's kind of right where the White Sox are outside of some unfortunate injuries. So I went to the the Saturday game with my girlfriend, who is a diehard White Sox fan. So this is going to become a more frequent occurrence. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind because, one, I'm a little bit mad at my Cubs. And, two, they have the Goose Island craft cave and that's been there for a couple years now. And it was my first time actually partaking because – for the last couple of years, let's let's be real. Even if you are a Sox fan, it was really really hard to watch. Now there's some promise. So I'm, I'm back in the stadium, and they have 75 plus craft beers in coolers. Craft cave designated by uh, styles. Usually a couple styles per cooler, like ale slash porters and like sour slash you know whatever. However they do it. And so I told you before we we did this show, I wanted to do a little research. So. Uh, I did some some Google poking around to see, like, I thought it might be hard to go, like, throughout all sports. So I stuck with baseball, thinking baseball, I think, of all sports, is the most, like, solidified with, like, baseball and beer. I think that's a fair thing to say, right? Okay. So I, I looked at what's available, and I found an article that was, like, late in the season 2018. So granted... These guys could have maybe some new offerings to start this new 2019 se- uh, season. But right. uh, the White Sox Craft Cave with Goose Island stands at 75 plus beers. Other places in this article that got shout outs were the Brewers with Miller Park. Yes, they're named after Miller, but they do have local brews, which is an area that has 24 taps uh, from local uh, Wisconsin breweries. So, okay, it's a good sizable amount, but nowhere near 75. Sure. 
the Mets at City Field, they have actually jumped on and off the past couple of years with partnerships with different brewers, but they have 60 rotating taps. Uh, last season, it was with McKellar Brewing. I, I assume nothing has changed, that that's the same this year. I have not heard different. Uh, the Rockies Coors Field, they boast a lot of craft throughout their park. They gave no total number on that, but obviously there's some good craft beer there. You have Breckenridge and other cool breweries out there. Sure. Uh, you've got the Mariners, yeah. Seattle, Safeco Field. They also boast a lot of craft, but uh, they do so not with the specific numbers, but they do it under the claim that Washington has the second most breweries after California. So I felt like this was a good transition because we just mentioned that. Um, so they're saying that they're number two, Cali's number one. They're not saying Chicago. However, if we continue with the baseball craft beer analogy, uh, you got the Indians at Progressive Field. Again, they say they have a lot of craft beer available there. No, sure. no specific number. Uh, and then the only thing that comes close to what the south side of Chicago and the White Sox and Guaranteed Rate Field offer are the Giants at AT&T Park. They have a restaurant. Uh, I forget the the name of uh, the person whose restaurant it is, but they won like one of those like not Gordon Ramsay, but you know, one of the other like online or, chef? Uh, something like that, you know, one of those, one of those TV or online, like chef, like competition type things. Sure. So they open their restaurant. It is a part of AT&T park and the, they just happened to also have a thing for craft beer. So they made sure that their restaurant was not just about great food, but also about great beer. Now they boast having 75 craft and import beers and uh, they are even open when the team is away. So it's not like you can only eat and drink there when there's a home game. You can go there like it's a normal restaurant and brewery, like, or, well, not brewery, but bar um, every day of the year. So the thing about that, why I say be careful how it's worded is because it says they have over 75 craft and import beers. So if import beers are factored into the total number, well, there's some import beers that we're all used to. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say from my research that the Chicago White Sox guaranteed rate field, uh, albeit the unfortunate fact that it's a red arrow pointing down, which just does not signal anything good in baseball standings. Yep. Um, they are the best sports stadium in baseball and possibly all of sports, but I think I can say for sure in baseball with over 75 legit craft beers that are locally in like the Chicago metro and greater Chicagoland and suburban area. And I was able to partake in a few of them uh, that weekend. It was great. I can't wait to go to multiple games this year, uh, both because of the proximity, because the girlfriend is is a Sox fan, so it's just it's inevitable it's going to happen. And you know what? Sure. I'm completely pacified because uh, we're one of the ballparks that have like the highest ratings as far as like food availabilities. And I'm thinking whether they're going to give us the title officially or not. I'm going to say number one in craft offerings at a ballpark. And I I would ask you this: most of them have offerings like you know they have um different cans and bottles and the pricing usually ranges from like 12 ounce to 16 ounce depending on you know what what they have for that brewery um and the, yeah. the, the beer that they're offering there like so seven to ten dollars yeah on what it's, it is. i think it's like 875 and like 1125 or something are like the two variable prices and so i ask you what would you rather have? I mean, granted, it's it's overpriced no matter what way you cut it, but that's just the nature of going to a sports arena. What would you rather have? Like I had a Bud Light vendor offering me Bud Lights in my seat for my lazy ass to not get up for $10.25. Or would you rather get up off your ass, go to the craft cave, and for $8.75 get any of 75 plus offerings from the best Chicago land has to offer? I think the answer is easy. Oh, absolutely. 
So what <laughs> so what reason is there to drink? Is is it basically just like the affordability? Because it's certainly also not to get wasted. I feel like Budweiser is like drinking water, right? You know what? It's it's like it, domestic beer is five fucking percent. It's five percent. I could spend you know three to four, almost five dollars less on a better tasting option in the craft beer cave, and get almost double the alcohol, almost double. It's it's crazy. I wholeheartedly agree. Like the the bang for your buck, and it's not even just to say like, hey, I'm trying to you know tie one on here. Like you are getting more alcoholic content for your buck, but also just plain and simple, like this tastes better. This is just so much better. Like more well crafted. Uh, to excuse my wording, well crafted beer. Like it's just you know, mainstream is what you've been used to at ballparks and stadiums for so for so long. Like it's now changing like i think the success of something like the the craft cave with the white Sox and these other parks that are also trying to do the same like that hopefully becomes a trend and everybody's like oh man look at what they're doing we need to copy that because as we've probably stated numerous times today every city every state has great breweries it's just it's hard for the those little guys to get on that kind of a scale. Like I think every brewery that's a part of the craft cave is absolutely freaking stoked. And I know that the lineup changes from season to season. There's people that weren't on it last year that are on it. Now there's people that were there that are fell off. And now I don't know if that's their decision. I don't know if that's the ballpark's decision. I don't know who, but I feel like it's going to become a very like prestigious thing. Like, Hey, baseball fans, many of whom are like your, your, bare bones, basic beer guy, give me a Miller, give me a butt at the ballpark are going to be exposed to our beer. And that's huge. And that goes back to our discussion of city beer versus suburb beer. A big obstacle is the commute. But if you're going to a White Sox game, 75 plus of those craft beers are brought to you. If you're willing to go see your team play baseball, you don't have to drive to the tap room. You don't have to drive to the brewery. It is there for you in spades. There's like crazy amount of choices. So, sure. I mean, this I think is, is great for the craft beer community locally. Uh, it's great for the sports fan community. Like, my God, like it's when have you ever had that many choices of what you could drink in, in a ballpark or anywhere, any arena, really? You, you really don't. We're going to have to pause again. Oh, it's time. The seal has been broken. Again, it's only been it's been about 50 minutes at this point since our last break. I mean, as long as it's not every five minutes, I think we're, we're doing reasonably. I think we're okay. We're good. So quick pause. Three, two, one. And we are, are back from uh, round two of potty break, which I did not partake in. I hope I don't regret that. I, I, <laughs> I was like on that cusp where it's like maybe I should force myself to, even if the, the feeling is not I had to I had to go. I had to go. There's nothing in my stomach right now to soak up the alcohol so i mean i feel like i did you a favor though so like when i was driving here and it was like slop snow thunder snow mageddon going on out, outside in chicago for whatever reason in mid-april um i told you i was like hey like i think i might stop at a drive-thru so i'm not like drinking on an empty stomach like do you want anything you're like i'm i'm good i'm good and then i was just driving i was like ah oh, this is treacherous i don't want to stop i just want to get there and now i'm just like Ricky mistake yeah yeah now i'm just like oh, i probably should have i should, probably should have made the pit stop podcasting with shy beer guy you're gonna drink some shit yeah exactly i mean like you, you kind of like la- laid it out there for me like yeah i think i got enough stuff for us to try on this but 
um, once you once you set them out out on the table, I was like, oh, I should have I should have hit that drive through. However, however, and you will thank me for this, uh, is White Castle was on the uh, the table, and it's a, it's a good thing I didn't get White Castle and then soak it up with beer because I mean, <laughs> this is this is my first time at your place. You'll I don't, have the fire shits later. Yeah, I, I don't want this to be the last time I'm invited to your place. I'm not trying to blow up your your bathroom, so it's better that I waited. <laughs> But if I'm being honest, like I've I've got immunity to White Castle. What, where is your stance on White Castle? Because when I was younger, it was a we're problem. talking about White Castle now. Yeah, uh, we are. I mean, hey, if you drink craft beer, there's a chance that at 2 a.m. you could end up at your local drive-through. That's for true. White Castle. That's true. That's true. I actually worked at White Castle when yes! I was when I was a yeah when you I was are a, teenager. a great American citizen. When I was a teenager, I was, like surprisingly, I made a lot of money there for for a 16 year old, 17 year old kid. Yes, I made like eleven seventy five an hour. Nice. Uh, I bumped up to manager real quick. It's not not that tough to no. be a manager there no. at White Castle. I'll some tell of you my guys that. some of my fondest but, memories is is my local White Castle, which unfortunately is 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 now no more. But um, there was like a very sweet old Irish lady that would just like call me Hun, call everybody Hun. I think and, we're gonna have to make a White Castle run after we leave here. But. Oh, I'm down with that because I mean, like that's on me. Then I, I go home and I tear up my bathroom with it, not yours. So I mean, that's that's totally cool. But I've uh, I feel like I've developed an immunity. Like I, I probably first White Castle experience was probably somewhere between the ages of like six and eight years old and it used to tear me up but now i just have like an iron stomach when it comes to white castle like it's literally a late night place that does not do bad things to me it only soaks up the goodness that is craft beer you're one of the few right it's 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 hard to to, to develop that because i i White Castle makes me feel like I have Crohn's disease. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I technically, I think overall still feel like I Which have... Which is a terrible joke, by the way. That's so terrible. Joke. I, I have a friend that... I, I feel bad for people with Crohn's. I have, a, I have a friend that has Crohn's, and he's pretty lighthearted about it, so it's cool. But in case you don't, we're not trying to offend. Um, but yeah, like, I used to be pretty susceptible to it. Now, not so much. I think there's just been enough fire drills that like I just like iron stomach to it. However, in general, I am prone to an upset stomach if I mix and match like ridiculous beverages and foods. So I AKA White Castle and craft beer. Yeah. So I knock on wood. I don't know why White Castle doesn't do that for me anymore. Sorry, is somebody, I think somebody's at my door right oh, now. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know why White Castle usually doesn't anymore, but lots of other things do. So I, I make poor choices. I mix a lot of bad concoctions. I'm the guy that mixes hard alcohol with beer. I'm the guy that like does saucy food with like greasy whatever. Like I pray to the porcelain gods and be like, I'll never do it again. And then two weeks later, here I am doing it, doing it again. <laughs> of so co- Of course, that's natural. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking we about were, White Sox Craft, craft Cave. Craft Cave. It's, a, it's possibly the I think sexiest it's, offering in all of sports. Dude, it's so awesome. And I think they really stepped it up this year. They got backing from Goose Island. Um, them bringing in all these different options um, really just adds to the craft beer community. Uh, because the baseball community is so big, and although uh, you know the Cubs probably have a bigger following right now than the Sox do, but yeah, um, you know I, I still think there's a lot of people out there that enjoy the you know the White Sox. And uh, opening day was a, a success from what I saw. A lot of people enjoying the Craft Cave, and um, my experience with it, which was the only only experience I had, which was last summer. Uh, I was drinking, I was actually drinking Hot Butcher, yeah, and, nice. uh, there, which was their offering they had there, which was uh, Good Rise Wear Black. It's their uh, take on uh, the, or at least the can is uh, their take on Eight Men Out. 
I mean, uh, it's a black I- black rye IPA. Oh, oh, oh white with, socks with, tie with, in. Ca- with Cascade hops. Cascadian, Cascadian, IPA. <laughs> a Cascadian dark ale. Yes, this Cascadian dark ale. But so, that's cool so that they fancy. It's not a requirement to be in the craft cave to like have a socks reference, but they went there, and that that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're well. I mean, they're Southside. I think they're uh, as far as I know, they're Southside fans. I, I don't know those yeah. guys personally, but from what I understand, they're Southside Chicago fans. So um, it's only natural that they ended up in there. They got their green moss in there, which I saw a lot of people posting about. Yeah, sold out in the first like day or two, something like that. Yep. Um, but there's plenty of other options as well. Local options, you know, three fifty brewing out of Tinley is in there. Um, you know, uh, Pollyanna of course is in there. Um, you know, a handful of other options, but I I, like- I think think tons man i mean like it's it's great to see i mean i'm a Sox fan i I was born and raised a Sox fan i'm I'm not a huge baseball fan uh truthfully but uh it's it's fun to see that the the Sox are the ones to bring in those craft beer options um because you know obviously you rather your favorite team do it than so so the, the reason i think it's pretty pretty cool too like Obviously, there's been many years of the White Sox kind of like trying to plug holes and compete and it not working. And they finally committed to like, hey, we need to like fire sale and get draft picks and get prospects and rebuild. And when they're doing that, much like the Cubs, it's like, oh, God, like it's just such awful, just dreck, just on the field. Um, and then they opened the craft cave and it was like, okay, well, Hey, like at least there's like this, like, I, you know, like the ballpark experience is good. Even if the team on the field is not, and now there's right. some, that's promise. half the experience, you know, other than the game, you know, you got to enjoy the, the park that you're in. Like, I don't know if it's going to be next year or the year after that, but I, I definitely Siri, Siri thought I was talking to her. Hey Siri girl. Calm, calm the F down girl. I hate when my, Oh shit. Now I said her name and she's doing it on my phone. What the hell? Damn you, Siri. I don't know how to respond to that either. Girl, go away. We're having a podcast here. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, anyway, um, it's nice to have a good experience when your team sucks. I feel like that's almost mandatory. If your team sucks, you better have a great ballpark experience so people buy tickets still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the White Sox are one to two years away from both being like a top team in the division and having an amazing food and craft beverage experience. And they are going to be like the Mecca and I'm going to be like super happy to live in the area that I do that. I'm just about like 15, 20 minutes um, from the ballpark. And honestly, a lot of those minutes are like the traffic jam that incurs on 35th street. Not so much the way there. Um, just trying to get to the parking lots and such. So yeah, the, the white Sox were my youth. I've always been an underdog fan. <laughs> As we said, underdog breweries, underdog sports teams, underdog, everything. I'm such an underdog dude. Give me the cape. I'm underdog. Um, but just from the friends that I have, where I live, the, just the accessibility, the fact that the tickets and everything are cheaper than the North side of town. Yeah. I like an underdog. However, ever since that 2016 world series, the Cubs aren't the underdog now. It's the Sox. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not a popular opinion. I know people tell you you can't be a fan just of Chicago or like when you're in New York, you can't just be a fan of your city. Like you have to choose Mets or Yankees. You have to choose Sox or Cubs. I get that. But I'm I'm just I'm sorry. Like I know this is against the rules, but I was happy for the Sox when they won in, in 2005. I was ecstatic and cried when my Cubs won in 2016. I will always remember the people that I was with that day. Like it was amazing. 
And uh, when it happened in uh, 2005 for the Sox, like I was in school, uh, my friends from college radio, like they were broadcasting live as it happened. They ran into the streets with like brooms. It, it's cool. Like I, there's totally respect. That was cool. I actually didn't enjoy that series. Me being a Sox fan, I I loved that they that they won, uh, but I really didn't like the fact that they swept the fuck out of the Astros. Were you uh, some some Astro sentiment, or you just wanted it to be more? No, no. I just, I just, I was hoping for more of like a Cinderella story, maybe. Okay. Um, you know, I, I thought it would be more entertaining, especially them being a wild card that year. Uh, it was, it was like so. I don't know. I like. I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching. Uh, I enjoyed the championship. That team was like the perfect storm. Because don't get me wrong, they had some players, but on paper, if you look at it now, no, it was nothing. Were there? How many Hall of Famers were there? Frank Thomas in his last year, right? Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> right. So I mean, there wasn't anything obvious on paper that Frank said Th- this Frank Thomas gonna... actually wasn't on the team. I thought that was wasn't that his last season. I thought it, it was not. No, it okay. was not. It was. Uh, Jim Tomey was on the team. He was the first baseman. At I could I could have sworn. See, I thought that was Frank Thomas's last year, and we signed Tomey in 06. You could be wrong. You or could be right. I should say you could be right. Uh, again, I'm not a I'm not a huge baseball fan, so I can't even I can't even gonna, speak on it. I'm gonna look it up really. We're quick, gonna we're I, gonna I, reference uh, Google. Yeah, we're, we're gonna ref- do the Google machine. 2005 White Sox, right? That would have no, been no Aaron Rowan, uh, Jermaine Die. Uh, yeah, oh, they were all there. Joe Creedy. Joe Creedy, yes. So the only uh, reason Juan, I, Juan Uribe, yes, um, um, first Ta- baseman at the time. I uh, want to say it was Jim Telney. Aguche, uh, was it Tahito Aguche? Yeah. No. So the only reason I feel like a like an expert on this recently, normally I'd have no reason, no reason to look this up, but I actually had a 2006 White Sox baseball, like 28 of the members. I think there's like 25 people on a roster active at any given time, and then the old ups and downs of you know minor league call ups and such. Um, I have a ball that was like 28 autographs, including Coach Ozzie Guillen in 2006. Uh, that I recently bestowed upon my girlfriend because I felt it was I could have probably got a decent chunk of change on eBay for the right person, but like I feel like that's bad juju. I acquired the ball for free. I'm not a Sox fan. I feel like it's like bad karma, and I'm going to hell to try to make a profit off that. <laughs> so current current girlfriend, uh, hi babe, out there listening probably can't um, say I'm not the same. Yeah, I just I felt I like I sold my shit for money. I felt like it was bad juju, so I just I, I gave it to someone who I knew would give it a good home and. Uh, I believe I was looking up the roster because obviously when you think you might have something of value, there was a split second where I thought it was like a world series roster baseball. Um, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, the cutoff was Frank Thomas may have been on the Oh five world series team. I'm, I'm scrolling through now. I'm going to say that he wasn't. That's, and, that's my contention. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Frank Thomas hall of famer at 37 years of age was on the Oh five white Sox. Was he? Uh, and then Tomei, I'm looking at 2006. Tomei came along why, in 06, like, why Hall do of I Famer not, as well. Why do I not remember him that year? Because That may like, have been because he was like transitioned to DH, DH. and you had um, you had Pauly at first base. Pauly Canerco. So Canerco yeah. yeah, so that might be why. Um, I just don't recall him being on that team. That's crazy. I mean, again, I'm, I'm more of a Cubs guy, but like, yeah, it's, it's foggy for me too, but I'm going to go with baseballreference.com and, and say they're not lying to me. Yeah, it's probably right. Yeah. They're, they're nerds about that shit. I'm more but, of a, uh, I'm more of a basketball and a football fan. Okay. The Bulls. 
they got some nice young pieces. It's not enough. Uh, the Bears, this is this is nice. I, I don't know if I agree with the whole like running back trade thing we did this offseason. But uh, I guess just like get it, getting back to what we were saying, of, of all the Chicago sports teams and possibly all of Baseball America, the White Sox guaranteed rate field, the Goose Island craft beer cape. Not just Goose Island, my friends. No, 75-plus beers from the top breweries in all of chicagoland and um god i had a great first time with it and i really hope to go to like no less than at least five more Sox games this year uh both because of the promise that they have coming up like my cubs did once upon a time a few years ago mm-hmm. and and because of craft beer like it's just awesome if you can't make it to the tap rooms and the breweries themselves to just at least sample like you know comiskey park is a good uh, experience and i will say comiskey park it's not comiskey park it's not u.s cellular it's It's not guaranteed rate it's it's not guaranteed rate it's always always comiskey park it was the cell for a while like towards the end it started to be the cell and because because the u.s cellular field was totally a crap name however the cell as a nickname was cool. And then it was weird because U.S. Cellular moved out of Chicago and did not offer services here, but we were still U.S. Cellular Field, the cell. It was was time for a change. It was weird. It was really weird. But for me, it'll always be Comiskey Park you know, my, what growing up, my, my mom was always very artistic. So she actually hand painted my room and put a border around my room for the White Sox. It was literally said Comiskey Park, like all around, all along my room. I had a White Sox themed bedroom. There's Uh, been mom, God bless her heart. She's amazing. But, uh, there's been talk in recent years about like the rights to like Wrigley field being sold and it would, you know, something as like historic and storied as Wrigley Field people if it ever sold the naming rights and was something else like no, no one would Rig- ever call Rigley, it that. Wrigley is one of those that it could will never, always be called Wrigley it'll always be called Wrigley yeah it'll always I mean because you have Wrigleyville also you don't you didn't you never called it right. Comiskeyville right it was always Bridgeport like I, I mean I don't know what like what company would possibly buy the naming rights but like say Kraft bought the naming rights to the field you would not be like hey welcome to all the bars and restaurants in craftville no get the fuck out of no, here no it's wrigleyville Unlo- no. unless you can spin that to even mean- even i even i as a Sox fan say hey let's go to wrigleyville right like if you basically like after a whole neighborhood's name by changing the the naming rights of that ballpark no one will ever acknowledge that and like if you were like hey craft singles <laughs> like bought the damn ballpark naming rights you the only way you could twist that in a positive is like yeah let's go to craftville every brewery every bar in this area now serves craft beer that's the only way to spin it in a positive light otherwise like you you need to keep that wrigley naming right right but uh let's let's talk about another topic that i I, I let's move on um real quick i'm going to crack this you kind of whiffed that's strike one and the video Strike got that one. The video did get it. Good thing you it got three strikes. I'm going to edit that shit out. Don't do it. Don't do it. You right. want to be authentic. Remember this is a straw gator. So it's like a strawberry alligator. What's going on here? It's a strawberry or, doppelbach. Are we tailgating? From, What's the gator part from a beta? No. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's from a well, beta. So Crocs in new Orleans. Well, not only that, Gators. but it, it's from a beta. Um, a beta has a beer, a doppelbach called Andy gator which is a solid Doppelbach. It's not a traditional Doppelbach, but it, it's a Doppelbach nonetheless. Um, it's called Andy Gator. It's an 8% Doppelbach. Um, 
which is relatively typical. But this is their straw gator. So I take it we're about to embark on some strawberry? It's a strawberry doppelbach. Typically, doppelbachs will be darker than this. And if you're watching the video, which if you're only listening, go back and watch the video so you can see what yes, the beer looks like. Visuals. Um, yeah, so we, we got we to gotta get the listeners over to the video, too. Uh, yeah, vice versa. Video to audio, audio to video. That's Come right. Um, this is not as dark as a typical, typical doppelbach would be. It's a l- definitely a lot lighter, but it's uh, it, it's very tasty from what I hear. I actually haven't had it myself, but I love the bottle. It's, the it's, bottle's fucking the, cool The, the bottle's really cool. Super fucking cool. We got a good smell on this guy. Very strong strawberry. Like, tart is something that refers to taste, but I can smell the tartness if that makes any sense whatsoever. It seems like it's going to be very tart. Let's see what it says here. Yeah, it's a really good smell. If you like strawberries. Straw Gator is the fusion of strawberry harvest lager sweetness with the bite of Andy Gator. Okay. They're Doppelbach. Uh, This golden lager is made with malted barley and wheat. It is hopped with German pearl hops for a delicate hop flavor. After filtration, generous amounts of fresh Louisiana strawberry juice are added, giving the beer a pleasant sweet taste and aroma as well as golden color and slight cloudiness. There is a little bit of cloudiness. Yeah. Um, in my experience with Doppelbox, they're typically dark as shit. Yeah, yeah. They're there's... like dark as fuck. Not so much. Right so here. this is not like a malt bomb. It's actually similar to... It might be a little bit hazier, a little bit un, more unfiltered than this uh, Hop Butcher traditional IPA, but from what I hear, it's actually really good. Ooh. Yeah, you should chug that and catch up to Thank you. Do that. Yeah. You need some straw gator in your life. All right, this is good. Now, now we try this bitch out. Now, we were talking about a beat. We're leaving this podcast hammered. I oh, yeah. For sure. sure. And then we're going to White Castle. For for sure. Um, and the snow is still happening, but it looks a little lighter. We'll so, be all right. Yeah, we'll be good. But um, now, we were talking before we started rolling camera, before we started rolling audio here. And uh, we were talking about a beat. Now, refresh my memory, because obviously we're we're... An empty stomach's getting hammered here. Um, did you say you, you had been to New Orleans? Hey, you had been to I- no, Abita? No, 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 no. You know no. people that have. No, so actually, Little Whiskey over there that we met earlier. Okay. Um, did we get, <coughs> did we get Little Whiskey on camera or just off off mic? No, she was off off camera. Well, bl- off, bless off camera, her. Off camera, off mic. Bless but, her heart uh, and her pasta. She was microwaving. <laughs> it smelled good. Yeah, um, we should have we stole some for sure. I'm hungry <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> she so she's a spirits spirits consultant for Binnie's, um, and she that, that's like that's the actual job title, like a spirits consultant con- connoisseur consultants Co- consultant. Yeah, that probably pays well. She's actually super knowledgeable, okay. very 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 knowledgeable in the uh, the industry. But uh, she actually visited uh, New Orleans for a convention. It was a bourbon convention, from what I understand. Makes a, sense. A bourbon <laughs> festival convention. Yeah. Um, bourbon Street Bourbon Festival. But she had, she had went with some friends, and uh, they had done a tour of Abita. Um, and she brought home this this uh, this beer. Uh, it's the Straw Gator. Um, and she said she had a good experience there. Which, Abita, like, one of my first experiences with craft beer in my early days was uh, Purple Haze. Oh yeah, so res- raspberry lager, probably one of my favorite fruit beers it's out a, there. It's a classic. So uh, kind of like I touched on earlier about going to like your local no frills bar. 
Um, one of my fondest memories was that like they would pick a random beer per week and make it like the special, mm-hmm. and they had like purple haze for like two dollars. And I don't, oh, I don't, I don't, rem- I don't remember how many they I would had get left. Shit faced oh, off of that. Yeah, I don't know how many they had left in the fridge. I forget. It's 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 a few years back. But me and my cousin just like obliterated whatever quantity they had left in their their fridge. Um, we're like, yeah, purple haze, two bucks. Sign me up. Versus like the the normal quote unquote beers that they had. Uh, yeah, we we went nuts on the purple haze that night. Purple haze is one of my favorite, period, favorite fruited beers yeah. whatsoever. It's I mean it's raspberry like. It still tastes like a lager. It still tastes like a beer in general. Um, it gives you that subtle fruit, but it's not overwhelming when it's cold. When it's on draft, it's amazing. Oh yeah, it's amazing on draft. It's really really good. And uh, not a lot of people know this about me, but yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite beers all time, actually. Nice. Um, probably a go-to that I would just like. No, no shame, no shame. Sometimes was, there's like that that. But I mean, like if I was if I was in the diviest of dive bars, yeah, and they had my choice between. Uh, Actually, between like an anti-hero or like a Goose Island three one two, or a purple, purple haze, haze, I would pick a fucking purple. Haze. I am I am totally with you on that. Like uh, man, no no shame. Like I, I feel like some people have a connotation like like fruity beers or whatever. Like aren't like that's not real beer. That's not manly man beer. No man, I'm all about flavor. The older I get, the less I give a shit about what you think what what I like mm-hmm. taste wise. I will if a fruit beer is good, I will drink the shit out of a fruit beer like i have no qualms about that um, super tasty really really tasty and i can't Purple say that i've haze. i've been to abita i've been to new orleans twice and I, I was telling you off air that um both times i had like some first timers with me so it's like you know you kind of want to do what they want to do for you know to make their first experience good and you want to hit the places that are expected and depending on the the personality or the the beer snob slash connoisseur slash whatever level that they are they might not want to go on a brewery tour when they're on vacation so i haven't been to abita but obviously you go to any bar in new orleans there's at least a couple offerings from abita so i've definitely had many of their beers obviously uh purple haze being one of the most prolific and it's it's really really freaking good purple haze is is purple haze purple Purple haze. haze That might be the theme song for this. We might have to... Wait, no. no. Matter of fact, we are going to... When you go home and edit this podcast... That's the name it's of the gonna episode? Be, it, no, it's going to be closed out with Purple Haze. Okay. From Prince. Okay. His his uh, people might sue me, but, you know, like... Uh, well, I could, if anything, if anything... We'll just sing it. We'll just sing it. It's a cover song. That's purple not illegal. Purple Haze. Purple Haze. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. No. It's good stuff. Maybe fair use. Like maybe I could get like, I don't know if fair use laws still apply. It used to be like, they used to try to argue you could use up to eight seconds of anything. I don't, I don't think that flies anymore though, but no. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Like you said, you know, like we can fake it till we make it. Like we don't have millions and millions of followers yet. So that might work in my advantage that Prince's people won't matter. sue yeah, me for using purple rain. You know what, dude? Like talking about followers, it doesn't fucking matter anyway. Like for those out there listening, it matters if if those people out there listening are empathizing with what we're saying. If if it's authentic enough to them, that's all that fucking matters. Oh, dude, I could I could have I could have which right now I've got 
I don't know, 1,400, roughly almost 1,500 followers on Instagram. I've got uh, almost 1,000 followers on Facebook, um, like maybe like 100 or something on YouTube, and that's, you, that's about it. You know what means more to me? Because like so many of those things, like especially like on like a platform like Instagram, so many of those are kind of like the... I'm randomly following you and like, I hope I get a follow back and it's just to make my because numbers you get look beer good. Content. Yeah. Yep. And, because and, you make beer content. That's yeah. It. And that's it. Like the, it, it's not cause they actually like give a shit or will ever check back in the, like what your content is or it what matters you're doing. How much people are engaging with your shit. Yes. So for the people out there, if you guys like our shit, like legitimately, like you're not just like liking it because like whatever, like you, you view the content, you enjoy it. We entertain you. We provide value. We provide information like you people that message us, like us, share us like that's what matters. So like, honestly, I could care less if like somebody like 20 people listen to my podcast, if all 20 of them actually like gave a shit, engaged and got value from this, like that's mission accomplished rather than like, Oh, I have a thousand Instagram followers, but they really were just like, kind of like clickbaity. Like, Oh, I hope you follow me back. We're all just trying to make the number look sexy. You know what? The, the real number that matters is how many are actually engaged after the like, or after the follow. Mm -hmm. If you got any sort of value from this, if you got any sort of enjoyment or entertainment from this podcast, this video, uh, definitely go and follow. Should we do cheap plugs? Should we do cheap plugs for where they can do that at? We'll do that. Let's do that at the end. Actually, right. let's let's talk about our. So we're going to talk about this beer. We're going to talk about the last two topics. Yes. Um, and then we will plug our shit. I like plugging shit. Plug it. Plug, plug away. it up like a bath plug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're getting on the fucking drunk side. Strawgator, uh, baby. Yeah, Strawgator. Strawgator. Shows get the best. Strawgator pushed us over the edge. Uh, so yeah, this uh, strawberry doppelbach. I'm like, I don't smell. I smell. It smells sweet. It smells right. just really sweet. I it thought, almost smells like fucking buttered popcorn. Okay, I get a little of that. I'm actually so I'm actually happy you said that. Um, so I smell the sweetness. I almost could if tartness. Tartness has more to do with like taste than obviously smell, but I feel like I could smell that there's going to be some tartness to this before I touched it. Um, very sweet. But the fact that you said buttered popcorn, I have definitely smelled beers and I, I wish I could like tell you exactly which ones they were in the years of history. Maybe something that was a similar style, but I definitely have smelled a beer and said bottered, bottered. Yes, we're definitely over the edge. Bottered, bottered. You botched yeah, I'm, it. Yeah, I'm botching it. All right. Yeah, I've definitely smelled like a buttered popcorn scent on a couple beers before this one, and I've said it out loud, and the people in the room with me are like, "Dude, like you're effed up. Like, what are you talking about?" So the fact that you just said that makes me feel so vindicated and validated right now. It just smells like buttered popcorn with like some kind of fruit. Right. It's like if you had like buttered it's popcorn really with weird. strawberry drizzle really, or something. It's yeah. really, really weird. Flavor wise though, like the smell is a little crazy. But strawberry the, glazed popcorn. Yeah. Is that a thing? Can we make the that a thing? The flavor is different. Yeah, for sure. The flavor turn, profiles. Turn off the camera because they're going to steal our great idea for strawberry glazed popcorn. So real strong strawberry I wouldn't say real strong, but subtle, it's a, it's, subtle it's strawberry. Rare. It's got a, a malt backbone for sure. Um, it is on the sweet side. Yeah. So for those out there that are uh, that uh, don't typically flock to the sweeter stuff, uh, it, it is on the sweet side. If you are somebody that likes box, it's not a traditional box. So don't get that in in any sort of the sense that you might <laughs> think it, it's a traditional box. It's not a traditional box. 
definitely a little bit of strawberry. I would I would almost call this a fruited ale over anything else. I, I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't call it a, a Doppelbach. It might be a Doppelbach in the traditional sense of how it was brewed in the the in terms of the malty character, uh, but it's not. In in my opinion, at least, it's it's not. It's more like a fruited, yeah, fruited the, ale, like, the, a, like a very boozy fruited char- ale. Very char- boozy characteristics malty. of like a fruit ale definitely, I think, come through more than than the the whole Doppelbach. Like, it's there. It's more of a malt bomb, and it's got like yeah. those kind of uh, almost like roasty nutmeggy notes, and 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 this is not entirely that. Um, it, it's definitely lighter in color. It's super tasty though. I enjoy it. I f- yeah, I feel like I get I get that malted taste you're talking about like up front, and then like when I just kind of let that rest on my tongue and do the whole like smack in my like very strong sweet strawberry taste in the in the finish for me. Like it's it's very good. I I, I like it. Um, but it depends what you're going for because sometimes like kind of just what you just said like hey if you're looking it almost for almost tastes like taffy like like if you laffy were, taffy it, baby like a strawberry, strawberry taffy. Laffy taffy doesn't it doesn't it though i agree yeah like sometimes i struggle to find like a comparison and there's in, like, almost the like a cre- there's almost like a creaminess to it or almost like a vanilla yeah yeah like maybe like a like a little like vanilla strawberry cheesecake action in taffy form yeah yeah yeah, yeah i get that a lot that's that was a pretty, strawberry cheesecake. Pretty effing good. good description on on your part right there. Um, Something I do, I like to say I do well, or I think I do well. So, so I guess uh, what I would say about this, um, you you kind of said like, hey, if you're looking for the traditional sense of the word, this kind of is more like a fruited ale. But if you're just rating it not on what it's supposed to be, but what it tastes like to you, I, I would give this, I would give this a pints up. Like I'm, I'm kind of a strawberry guy. I like strawberry stuff and like desserts and things like that. And I feel like this is a, a good balance of the the malt and the the fruity flavor. Um, I like this. I I think I could I could drink this for a while. Oh my god. <clears throat> yes, that was a winner. Yep, I had to do that. Um, oh man. Um, are you torn? Where are you at? I'm I'm torn because middle of the road, because, 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 because they say it's a Doppelbach and uh, I really, really love Doppelbachs as a style, but I don't think it's a Doppelbach. Yeah. I, will I say pints up if it was considered a fruited ale, if it was a strawberry lager, just go like based on what it tastes like now, what it's supposed to be based on what it tastes like. Oh man, is there a middle ground though? Because like it's either pints up or pints down. I mean, down. I guess you could have it like straight out to the side. Your thumb could be not up, not down, but out to the side if you want. Oh man, um, fuck. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say pints pints down. Okay, I'm gonna say pints down. False advertising. I <laughs> I just uh, I just I mean I I think the 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 style. I mean, you look at the bottle. It says strawberry doppelbach. It's, right. Right. It's supposed to be a Bach, you know, and don't get me wrong because Andy Gator, which is their original Doppelbach is good. Is not a, a Doppelbach. Yeah. It's not really a Doppelbach, but it's good. It's good. Though. It's a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. I should say, uh, this is a strawberry version of that exact beer. And maybe it was just a little bit too sweet for me. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know. I really don't so, know. So full confession on my part or like, so there's been a couple of beers I think where like, we're kind of like on the fence and then like the whole, you know, Hey, we're not doing this like untapped. It's not on like a one to five scale. It's, it's, is it pints up? Is it pints down? That's kind of hard when you're right on the fence, like where you want to go with it. 
And I get that. And so for me, my my personal taste palette, I'm a sweet tooth. So there's an episode of the podcast. So you probably dig it. Yeah. No, there's an episode of the podcast where uh, my most frequent co-host, Danielle, and I, uh, we went to Wine Riot Chicago. Uh, if you're a wine fan and you want to try all kinds of wine, whether you're an expert or not, go to Wine Riot. They do all the major cities. They do here in Chicago. They do New York. They do Boston. All that stuff. Um, they used to do two. They used to do a spring and a fall. Uh, lately it's just been a fall. Uh, unfortunately, maybe they'll bring back a second date to Chicago. I don't know, but, uh, you try all kinds of wines and it's insane and it's a lot. And you think, Oh, getting little sips of wine can't do anything to you. But at the end of the day, you end up completely like hammered, which is not a bad thing as long as you're not driving. Um, but with the, the wine game, she made fun of me on that episode saying like, so basically you like juice. You like the wines that taste very fruity, very sweet, very desserty. And, and my response was like, yes, unapologetically, like, will I drink like a dry? I will dabble in it. If it's the right pairing with like a, a meal, like a steak or something drier wine. Sure. With the right thing the right setting steaks but it's good but if ooh, yes it does like even better than white castle um <laughs> tremendously better than white castle <laughs> yes. right now but like if you're just telling me drink wine with no food pairing i do go toward the sweeter i do go toward the more desserty um whether that be like rosé or otherwise like that that's where i'm at and so that palette of mine with wine does translate to to beer a little if we're talking about this being a sweet strawberry or if we're talking about like porters and stouts that are talking like chocolate type stuff or coconut oh god i'm raging raging beer boner for coffee like that's where my palate is so yeah am i a desserty beer guy yes uh am i a desserty wine guy even more so yes and so for that reason that's why i think i err a little bit more towards like yes is this a good example indicative of its style maybe not maybe not but if i just like block out in my head like what it's supposed to be and just be like what do i think of the flavor the, that strawberry i mean I, i'm a strawberry person so um that sweetness that sweet strawberry is coming through hard for me and i i enjoy it but I agree with what you're saying, though, too, that, you know, for a Doppelbach, like, usually, like, I'm not a big Doppelbach guy. So I'm liking I this. Love, I love Doppelbachs. I'm liking this, which either means it's, like, the exception to the rule or it's not a true Doppelbach. And it's from, an, I can I can say wholeheartedly it's not. it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I like it. I, I enjoy it. I'll give it a pints up. But I, I see where you're coming from entirely with the the flavor profile, that it's it's not tasting of a traditional Doppelbach. And this is like a monkey wrench in the the plethora of beers that we've had, and we've only had five beers, and we're fucking like, yeah, we're feeling the way we're feeling. Uh, we're ready to go to White Castle and eat steak. So I mean, you eat you, steak. You, you know where we're. Oh at. my god, steak at White Castle. They recently did a sloppy Joe. Did they do a steak? They, they did a. They didn't do a steak. They did a sloppy Joe, and I was like. Steak slider. Leave it. Leave it. I was like, leave it to Manwich guys. Like that's. It was a little. Yeah, it was a little I'd, rough. I'd rather shit on a bun. 
Yeah, yeah. Right now, for the, it's, eat it. it's the Lenten season, and they're doing like uh, they're doing like a crab cake, and for fast food crab cake, which oh, just sounds God. awful. That sounds terrible. It, it was okay, but trust that me, that sounds like go get a legit cra- crab cake at a, a nice restaurant. A crab cake from White Castle, a crab cake slider, <laughs> or crab cake in general from White Castle. <laughs> it, sound, it was a. Slider. It sounds like cancer. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on for sake of. Uh, progress and we'll finish out what we're talking about um you wanted to talk about laws and legislation did you not i that was one of the topics but now i'm thinking that i am too drunk to talk about that shit because it's going to be inaccurate in everything that i say the only thing i can say that i've read recently that i did not know until like literally five or six days ago about beer laws and legislation that texas is the only state that does not allow take home beer apparently you cannot buy a growler or crowler from a brewery and take it home and that is bullshit get on board with the other 49 states i like your beer i want to take it home and enjoy it on my couch what are you doing texas what are you doing people like your tax game People go play for Texas ball clubs because of the tax game you got rolling in Texas. So, come on. Step up the beer game. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yes, but unfortunately, you can't take beer home the last I Except beer. Are you familiar with that? Like, I just read that like six days ago. No, I knew that. I knew that. Um, I had had no idea until six days ago. They're the only state. Why? 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 You know, I really don't know. I really don't know. Each each state has their own legislation. That's why we have the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild here to uh, fend and defend for us, uh, which those people there at the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild are awesome. Um, you know, I've I've uh, I've heard some stuff, and I I I was at one meeting. Um, which I plan to go to more meetings, but, uh, they, they really know they, they, they have the best interest of every brewery at heart, every brewery in the state. Nice. Uh, so I think that's part of what makes Chicago beer so great. But, uh, speaking of Texas, I really fucking don't know. I don't know. I, I like, I'm not one to speak outside of my knowledge zone, yeah. my, my zone of brain so in which I have, which is growing smaller as we continue to drink, drink alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I'm, obviously, you said you, you don't feel like you're in the right place to talk in detail about law, but that I just had to throw that out there because, like, while I don't look into the law that much outside of like our local area, because I mean, why would I? Like, I kind of you know keep it close to home. What applies to me? But uh, as our iPhones and such like stock our fucking lives and gear ads to us and stuff like that, like I was scrolling through my Facebook and saw an article about like Texas, the only state that does not allow you to take the beer home from the brewery. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I flipped out and like read the article. But if you think so... about it, if you think about it, though, from their perspective, if you if you think about it, it's it actually adds more to the distribution aspect of things because then a particular person will have to go to their local beer store to buy stuff instead of going straight to the source. And I think that's the problem with distribution in the Midwest and in other states that are heavy distro areas Yeah, is that it's really, 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 really hard to sell beer or be, or be a, a distributor in the game if you're selling stuff from your brick and mortar tap room, which I don't think that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong by any means 
to for a brewery to have a tap room and to have people in but it it's something to think about is that um if you want your your beer to sell in retail spaces then you should consider not selling it in your tap room space however at the same time it is so competitive that uh the beer industry in general is so competitive that if you do not have a brick and mortar uh you know, tap room or brick and mortar place, then it's really, really hard to make money solely on uh, retail sales in the in the beer market. Yeah, you know, it's really, really, it's 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 just tough. Truthfully, it's tough. It's really, really tough to to be able to compete with everybody else out out there that are just doing just that, competing on shelf space, competing yeah. for shelf space, I should say. So it is what it is. Um, little whiskey's in the house. Little whiskey's Again. in the house. And What's the, little whiskey grabbing? And the cat jump, oh. jumped out of the cabinet right now. Wine. Some wine. Some vino. The Game of Thrones wine. Oh, shit. Game they, of Thrones wine. I knew they had Game of Thrones wait, wait, beer. Come here. Come here. I didn't know they Talk, had Game of Thrones. Say what you're drinking right now. The Game of Thrones Chardonnay. Okay. So I knew they had a Game of Thrones beer. I didn't know they had Game of Thrones wine. Oh shit! She's got a whole collection. She's going into the closet. So this is the Scotch for House Stark. Okay, yeah, I've seen. Sc- Wait, Did I watch the show. No, but I need to binge, and then I know like the last season starts tonight. Yeah. But so my friend at my last job showed me some kind of like blue crystal, awesome canister of I forgot what type of alcohol. Like they are in the alcohol game. They got beer, they got wine, they got spirits apparently. Is that is that what I'm hearing? You probably saw the White Walker bottle, the yes. Walker bottle. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So they did that's the blended malt that they did. And then they did a bunch of single malts. They did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight single malts. I okay. Alright. So so, so I need uh I need to do I need to up my Game of Thrones. So the the House of Stark for for me who hasn't watched a damn episode unfortunately, uh, the House of Stark is like the the wolf thing going on right. Yeah. I've got so I've got a USB. I have a USB drive that doesn't make me cool because I still haven't watched an episode, but I have a USB drive of the House of Stark symbol. So there we go, crest, whatever. Do you watch? Do you watch the show? I do not watch the show. Okay, good. So so Game of Thrones, I like had all these people tell me it's amazing and i don't know like i have so many friends that tell you like shows and movies to watch and they all you know have like a job or a career or whatever and like i don't know when they find the time to watch all this shit i watched it with a full-time job this year okay see but that's like your one show say that again i watched it with a full-time job this year See like Game of Thrones, but like, watch it with a full time job. See, that's like one show. I feel like I can watch a movie here or there. I can binge like a show at a time. I have people like spitting five shows at a time at me. I'm like, do you, do you sleep? You work. You have family. You have friends. You have a social life, and you somehow watch six shows uh, till like four in the morning. Like I don't know when they find the time. Like I can watch six shows like simultaneously, but I binge so fast. Okay. Watch a lot of shows. Okay. See, I, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just need to up my game. But my intention was always that I was going to use my Amazon Fire Stick to catch up on Game of Thrones before the last season aired, so I could watch it concurrently. Even though I don't have HBO, I was going to like borrow a password or something. And here we are. We are recording this on the day of the debut of the last season of Game of Thrones, and my dumbass hasn't watched a fucking episode. But I have I had their beer. Anything. Their beer was really fucking good the time I had it. 
I don't know if I got, they have more than one I got beer. one of their saisons that's been aging. That was actually brought by her. Okay. Uh, there's a dark saison that has been on my shelf for at least a year, right? Oh, that's like three years old, that beer. It's like three years old? Yeah. It's, just getting it's a three-year-old beer. Three years a old. Say, anybody wanna, if anybody wants a three-year-old saison... From Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, a three-year-old saison. Get getting some stank on it. Let us know. We're we're only accepting top dollar. We're gonna we're gonna set the auction at uh, four hundred dollars. Do we put it on camera? Let's put it on camera. Let's show them that it's real. Yeah, it's real. Oh, it's, re- I, it's I, real. Oh, I know it's, it's real. real. They need full. to know it's real. Oh, yes, it is. Three-eyed Raven Dark Saison, 7.2% alcohol by volume. Amagang. Game of Thrones by Amagang, Cooperstown. Amagang. Amagang. 2016. Okay, and this is not gang, a barrel aged beer, gang. so it's probably... Whew, you ready You ready for this expiration date? Give it Give it to me. You ready for this? You ready <laughs> it, for it this? Best Buy? You ready? Wait, 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 wait. Best Buy, January 20th. 2017. Yes. Holy ass. But but you know Holy what, ass. So you want to hear a good one? You want to hear a good one? I purchased a a beer that like uh This the, is just general conversation now. The podcast it, it really is, is over. This is real shit. This is the real shit. So you mentioned earlier Liquorama and I'm still blown away that you know Liquorama. That's my hometown I place. Do, like I that's do. great. So like Liquorama, I I went there and they I had sell to um, Liquorama. Oh, Liquorama. fantastic! So uh, they had—I forget the name of the beer. I'd have to—I'd have to go into my like untapped and, and find my check-in. But like, um, they were selling individual and six-pack and uh, boxes of a, a certain Deschutes beer. I forget which one it was, but it was like a limited, you know, thing that they did, and it was over and it was done with. And they were like severe markdown, just trying to get rid of their inventory. And so I bought a whole freaking like case, a box of it. And, um, I then brought it to, uh, like a secret Santa thing, uh, this past Christmas. And my buddy that got it was all like, Oh man, this shit's expired. I'm like, I just had one like two weeks ago, dude, who cares? It tastes good. And, and sure enough, like he drank it. He's like, all right, all right. It's not like spoiled. It, it tastes good. I was like, yeah, dude, I, I've been drinking. I'm like, I get it. Not every beer is meant to be like aged, but Beers past their expiration date can still taste good, and I can say that from personal experience. So, uh, don't wow. don't fear this. Please buy it for four hundred dollars or whatever you just asked for the <laughs> the three eyed raven. Please Saison. give me four hundred dollars for a two year old beer. Yes, over two year old beer. Uh, so so we're wind, we're winding it down to the last couple of uh, subjects. You said you, so. you you wanted to talk about uh, beer content creators. Yeah, is, is that us? Are we beer content creators? I suppose that we are. Okay. All right. Something I touched on a little bit earlier, which was, um, you know, just just talking about the people out there. And, and again, this was probably would have been better suited for the beginning of the podcast, but, you know, it's fine now that we're drunk. We're drunk. So let's just, yeah, let's tell you how great, <laughs> great we are creating content when we're tipsy and feeling good about ourselves. Uh. No, I actually truly believe this. I, I, you know, I believe I add value. I, I truly believe I add value to the market. Yeah. In informing decisions on uh, beers to purchase. Uh, not only that, but uh, you know, a lot of breweries out there that I'm 
interviewing, which I, I haven't done a lot thus far, but uh, a lot of breweries out there and brewers out there that I'm uh, interviewing uh, is is for the people out there that just don't know about it. Yeah. Period. Period. Uh, you know, that's all it's about is is about spreading the knowledge. It's about spreading the the information. Um, and speaking of beer content creators, you know, a couple honorable mentions is uh, Average Joe's beer podcast he does a yeah. beer podcast where he talks to a lot of brewers and he's uh about 70 episodes into uh talking to brewers and owners when, when um, i like when i look at his list of episodes i always he's wonder, at about like 72 so so i at this i point. always wonder i always wonder like how does dude have like a day job and like a, a like a personal life because oftentimes if you look at the dates of postings from his episodes it's often only like three to four days apart like and then the episode itself is like three hours. It's like very, very thorough. Like everything you could possibly want to know about said brewery or possibly panel of, of brewery It's very intimate, or, or his brewers. podcast. His yeah. podcast is very intimate. Um, and it brings brewers and owners in an intimate setting to ask very real questions and authentic questions and just have a general authentic conversation. That's what I love about his podcast is he does some really good stuff. Um, comparatively, I, I think I add value in, in, in terms of other things, again, uh, informing decisions on, uh, uh, beer purchases. Um, and I, I think that that matters a lot to uh, a lot of people. So I, I try to, I, I try to do that to the best of my ability. But, uh, speaking on the negative side of beer content creators, which is, uh, you know, people out there on Instagram, I see a lot of, uh, Instagram influencers, uh, typically a lot. Of, I see a lot of women who show a lot of cleavage. Oh God. Thank you for touching on this subject. No, we have to, we have to, you, we have you to. really, you really we have do. to, because it, like it, uh, it, I'm going to say, I'm going to speak my point real quick yeah, and then do, you can go ahead and talk. Yeah. But, I, I definitely can't wait to respond to this. Um, there's, there's a lot of beer influencers in the Instagram community that will post pictures of their breasts or their asses, assets, <laughs> their asses, their ass it's yeah. of like tits and ass. That's what it is. Yeah. Pl plain and simple. And the, the, the beer doesn't matter. Like, the beer I don't, doesn't matter. I don't it think doesn't, they it even, doesn't matter. They I don't get, think they, they get a lot of say in the post, like the, the words I don't even think describe right. or say the beer in the picture it's literally like and this is not for everybody this is not for everybody i've met no. some i've met some that post pictures of their cleavage and pictures of their ass and still are able to articulate on a page in the caption you know uh, a very detailed description of the beer however i will say that there are a lot of beer influencers out there that do not do that they they're very uh they just post pictures of their tits and their ass and you know they do it to to get free stuff or they're they post pictures of themselves with holding a beer and so, being pretty and so two so two of the people i i want to give a shout out because like people that that do it right um so there are are people i'm pulling up my phone right now my instagram uh there's there's just me and my beer and uh that account is someone who who does it right also there is a girl rates beer uh both of those that's becky yeah, yeah that's becky i know so, i know becky so periods so periods in between all the words here uh, a dot girl dot rates dot beer like and then as as same same format with the periods between each word uh just me and my beer and i i don't know either i just one. saw her at uh district brew yards the other day perfect so so i don't know either one personally uh i follow them both and and they do it the right way 
Are, are they cute? Are they attractive? Sure. But... They're giving detailed reviews. They're giving reviews. detailed reviews about their opinion about the beer. The beer is coming first. Um, they are not dressed scantily clad. They are not trying to show mm-hmm. you their TNA. They are not trying to make that the forefront. The beer is clearly the forefront. They are two girls that really know their craft beer, that really enjoy it, and they speak to that on their account. But to to what you're saying, oh my God, there are so many accounts where it is like I am wearing a G-string and I'm trying to get my big break as a model and I just happen to be holding this beer that I don't know shit about. I couldn't tell you what brewery or, or what the name of the beer is. I'm just doing it because I'm trying to bring in beer heads that also have a penis and think I'm attractive. Mm-hmm. And that, unfortunately, is a very, very oversaturated it's a, it's, it's market tough- on Instagram and social media in general. It's a, it's a touchy subject. Yeah. Um, you know, I just believe in adding value period. And I don't, I don't think taking a picture of your ass or your, or your breasts are adding value to the market. You know, granted, granted you may like beer. If you're an influencer and you're making beer content, uh, particularly on Instagram, you're taking pictures of yourself holding a beer. Um, you know, I, I think you make, beer content yes and you make beer content that probably reels in a lot of likes and maybe a lot of comments but you're not adding to the market no you're not adding you're not adding to uh what what people enjoy about beer you're you are only benefiting yourself and that's that's plain and simple all you're doing so the the two ladies that i just mentioned that are that are doing it right do they get comments on their profile about like oh you're so pretty you're gorgeous like yes um that's going to happen. That's happenstance, but that's by no fault of their own. Cause by no means are they trying to flaunt that, um, the beer comes first in their accounts and, and you see that, um, others, not so much. It feels like it's, I'm trying to break my model career and the beer is secondary and the beer is just kind of an outlet to an audience, not necessarily the audience I'm trying to, to reach. And yeah, like I agree with what you're saying. It, it's a touchy subject and I don't want to like accuse anybody of doing anything that they maybe will say they're not trying to do. However, there's a lot of people on Instagram trying to get like supermodel famous and they're just doing it via a means that will put eyes on them and there's no passion to the beer or what have you. They just want you to look at them. And in which case I would say, just be honest. If you're an amateur model and you're trying to be a model, take sexy artistic photos of yourself. Don't hold a beer can or uh, 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 some stemware here and, and, and say that that's what you're about when it's clearly like you, you want to be a model, you want to be pretty like, I think there's some accounts that are more obvious than others, but yeah, I feel like it is uh, a just, realm I, of the beer world that's right. not adding value at all. Right. I just, I just don't think it adds adds value, and yeah, it might be it might be aesthetically pleasing, but it, it's not it's it's not a preference for most people, you know. And it only goes so far. It takes beer to a surface level instead of uh, a deep dive in in which it, sh- it in, in which it belongs, you know. Right. We're talking here in detail about uh, a lot of different aspects of the craft beer community when in in reality, if we were two average, you know, or two like relatively good looking chicks, we could take pictures of our tits holding beers together and we'll be fine. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll reel in hundreds of likes, and, and but it, the, it doesn't, stems... it, it, it's just not, it's not important. It's not real. It's not authentic, you know. And if you want to use that asset to 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 uh, further your brand or further what you're trying to do, that is 100% fine. 
Uh-huh. I'm like, I am all for tactics and uh, creating more exposure for yourself. However, I will say that if you, if you don't know shit about beer, if yeah. you are just posing with a beer, if because you have curves, then you are not adding to the community. You are not a beer influencer. You are just an influencer. I, I will re- I will recant like all. Wait, wait. Statements. I'm sorry. I wanna I wanna say that again. If you take pictures of yourself with a beer and you do not know shit, excuse me, about beer then you are not a beer influencer. You are just an influencer. Correct. Um, I would definitely say like, I will recant all negative statements and say like, if you are some smoking hot 11 out of 10 model in a bikini, but you post a picture of you with beer and you proceed to break down everything about that beer, the aroma, the hops that were used, all the, you know, the stats and, and you know your shit, then I'm going to be like, all right, you're a clever marketer. You are attractive. You know that you're attractive and, and you're using that to bring eyes onto the product and onto the content and onto the beer, but then you can speak to it. Mm -hmm. I'll forgive that. I'll be like, Hey, you know what? You're just using what your mama gave you to, to blow up your account. And that's cool. However, if that is all you have to offer is your looks and you don't really have the knowledge on the content, that's where I think those accounts are a problem and the thing that's that's nice i think about people that are just being like honest that are beer fans like i'll come out right now and say that like i enjoy beer and i just speak to it from the heart from like what my experience is and i would say my knowledge of beer and my experience is probably not as great as yours as a distributor probably not as great as someone who has experience like working in the field whether it's as a brewer whether it's as an owner whether it's as whatever but i just know that i enjoy beer and i can speak to what i feel and what i taste when i taste it and how i feel that things are marketed and how i feel that things are advertised and i can just like observe that i can soak that in and i can i can speak to it um I am by no means like the leader or the most knowledgeable person in that field. But what I tell you when I do this podcast or when I speak to anyone else about the subject, uh, will be sincere and will be honest. And that's all I can ask for. If you're smoking hot and you know, beer, cool, double thumbs up. But if you're just smoking hot and you don't know anything about beer and you really don't care and you're just using it as a vehicle to get you attention, that's where the problem is. And that's the only part I'll complain about. hundred percent. Uh, so my God, we, we've talked about a, a lot of things today. Uh, we have reviewed all of these lovely beers here. Shall we recap one more time? Uh, I don't know if yep. we, have, do we have the proper order? Let me see what we had here. We started with this guy. We started with Tilly from Bulldog Brewing. That was the mango papaya Hefeweizen. Then we went to the Around the Bend Extra Circus Brute IPA. And then from there, we did Face Melter from Burnt City. That was the Hibiscus IPA. And then from that, we did this lovely Zoltar uh, thing going on here. It's Your Your Wish wish is is Granted. granted. Yes. And uh, that was Citra Nelson Savin and Galaxy Hopped Double India Pale Ale. That was from Hop Butcher. They're ruling the world over there, Hot Butcher. And then we're still working on this guy here, which is Strawgator from Abita uh, down in New Orleans. If you haven't been to New Orleans, I uh, highly recommend it. You'll get yourself lots of Abita. Uh, I have not been to the brewery yet, but I will. I will. 
Uh, so that being the five that we tackled today, and by the way, if you'd like to buy this Game of Thrones from Mr. Shy Beer Guy here, uh, you can do that for four hundred dollars as the final Say season. Four hundred dollars tonight. Four hundred dollars. No, seriously though. Cork in there. Ser- seriously though. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, guys. It's Nobody's a- gonna buy it for fifty bucks, but it's expired. But it's delicious. It. I. I- no, I'm not going to buy it for 50 Dude, bucks. Dude, I fucking I dare somebody. I dare somebody. You know what? Matter of fact, I'll fucking give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give you the beer if you go home and review it live and tag me. There you go. Okay. How about that? That's a thing. How about that? How, review this expired that? Dark Saison ale. Cash me outside. How about that? Cash this dark ale outside. Outside. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're, I don't know either. So, so this alcohol is, we're, is getting to me. We're in the home stretch. Home and, stretch. And the one thing that that we said we wanted to cover, um, you said maybe we'll talk like five favorite beers or maybe maybe like just we'll say honorable mentions. So you know, because it's it's really hard. Like I don't know about you, but like, right now we'll say right now. Yeah, I, I've had so so many beers, and I, it, it's not just beer; it's anything. Ask me my favorite foods, my favorite movies. My it's so hard. I love so many, and it's no, like we'll picking just say top, children. We'll just say top fives in general. How about how about how about this? How about top five favorite Netflix shows right now? Ooh, I don't even know. Uh, okay, so. I don't know. Like, well, are we talking like past and, and present? Like, but just like yep. available yep. now? Okay. Um, whew, I'm just going to go off the cuff. This probably won't be in any any particular order, but... Uh, we'll close it out after this, too. The League. The League is my spirit animal with my sense of humor. If you watch The League and you like The League, that's me in a nutshell. Okay. Um, Peaky Blinders, that's coming up. They wrapped on their last season. The final season of that is coming up. I'm looking forward to Peaky Blinders a lot on Netflix. So that's a BBC show. Um, let's see. What else What else do we have on Netflix? Uh, uh, Stranger Things, if we're looking for Netflix originals. Uh, mm-hmm. I was born in 84. I am an, an 80s kid, and I love all the references that and are in there. Then you love yeah. Stranger Things. Oh, I love Stranger Things. Dude, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is the shit. Yeah, for that show. Yeah, it's it's definitely moody to say it to say the least. Um, so my my girlfriend turned me on to uh, friends from college uh, with um, Fred Savage, and amongst others that are in that. Um, can't think of the actress's name, but the uh, the chick from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I can't think of her name, but. I always had a crush on her. She's hot. She's in there. Good for her. Which and, one? Uh, Lily Hannigan? No, no, no. Not her. Um, Kobe Smulders. Yes, Kobe Smulders. Thank you. She's also in like the Marvel, right? I love How I Met Your Mother, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. my favorite fucking show on the planet. Okay, so we can't we can't spoil How I Met Your Mother for me. Here's where I'm at with How I Met Your Mother. I started watching it on Netflix, and I would name it in this list right now. However, once I got through two seasons, they dropped it, and now and it's went on to Hulu. Hulu. So mm-hmm. I bought Hulu to finish watching How I Met oh Your Mother, God, right? Yes. However, I've been a Hulu person for six to eight months right now, and I still haven't finished How I Met Your Mother. Oh, Oh my God, you so have the, to. The reason, I, to. the reason I signed up and I'm not actively watching it, what am I doing with my life? Um, but yeah, so Friends from College, you got Kobe Smulders. Friends from College, that shit was hilarious. She's Dude, that's a funny ass and, and you got, uh, show. Yeah, that's and you a have, funny uh, show. And you have like Key from Key and Peele. Key's yep. awesome on there uh, as well. Really awesome show. Uh, is that four? And then I guess like- What's his last name? Isn't it Keegan? Key Keegan? Yeah. Isn't that his name? Yeah, right? I don't know. And then Jordan Peele? Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you know, you know, as I tipple topple my drink. Tipple yes, topple. Tipple topple. Um, oh God, a fifth show from Netflix. Um, oh, what? Ooh, there's like a lot that I feel are just like on the same plane as each other. Uh, this isn't like a Netflix exclusive. You don't necessarily need Netflix to do this, but my, my girlfriend has me on new girl and I don't regret it. Like I'm in season three and I think they just posted the other day season seven. Season seven was exclusive to Hulu until like a couple days ago. Uh, New Girl makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> uh, do you watch the show? Are you familiar with it? I no, I don't. So I don't it always came off as like, oh, New Girl is that like a chick show? And I, I watch it, and and it makes me laugh hysterically. Uh, Jess, the main character, is very funny. Schmidt is like slightly not in all ways, but has some tendencies that are like spirit animal style to me. Uh, so I, I guess, yeah, just off the cuff. That's what I would go with. I'm not good with off the cuff, but I think I got through five there. How about yourself? Man, I'm, I'm going to say it's tough. I'm going to say it's real tough for me. Fuck man. Uh, top five for sure. I'm going to say in no particular order. I'm going to say most recently I watched uh, love death and robots. Okay. Which is a mini series. It's like a short series. Each episode is, no shorter than like eight minutes, no longer than like 17 minutes. Okay. Um, it's about, it is about love, death and robots, but it's obviously more complex than that. There's like 20 episodes and it's both anime and comic book style and, uh, you know, live action. Um, it's, it's very, it's very interesting to see like how, and I'm hope, I hope I'm not too close to the to the microphone right now not at all um, make lo- make love to the microphone uh, get, get intimate uh, um so i would say that's one uh the oa the oa the oa is I, another one i've and i've been talking about that show for the last two years i believe i saw so, that like scrolling through what's that one about so intricate okay so it's uh general uh general uh what's the word i'm looking for uh description would be there is a girl who goes missing for seven years, okay? And she suddenly appears, and uh, originally she was blind when she disappeared. And then okay. when she reappears to her family, uh, she is fully functional in her eyesight. Okay. And it's her essentially uh, uh, telling her story, but it's not telling it. she's not telling it to her family. She's telling it to... Uh, new people that she meets so that's a that's about as much as i'm going to give away because it's very 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 interesting it's a super fucking intricate and interesting uh show uh requires definitely requires a lot of uh detail all right uh, all right uh or not requires detail but requires a lot of attention i should say yeah you got Um, you you can't like have it on in the background you got to focus Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, you got to focus every step of the way. Otherwise, you're going to miss something. Um, I'll definitely say, uh, as far as Netflix shows, um, man, it's tougher than I thought, actually. Um, See, yeah, like, I'm I'm bad at this on-the-spot thing. So I, I like that you, like, presented the idea of, like, top five Netflix, and, and now you're, like, you're struggling because that's how I usually feel with, like, on the on the spot. Ozarks. Okay. Ozark. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I've, I haven't watched. I've heard good things. I like that show. I okay. like Ozark. Um, Two more. Man, uh, there's there there really is tons. Um, I am gonna say, <sighs> shit. 
I mean, it's on Netflix, but it's an AMC show. I gotta say, Walking Dead. Okay, I'm a I'm a Walking Dead person, uh, and so I usually watch it on AMC. Uh, I believe my pattern was I heard the hype in the first season. I bought the special edition Blu-ray, watched those six episodes, and then from there on out was like pretty much kind of like concurrent with TV on it. Um, it's, I read the comics before the show came. Yes, out. so here, so, so I'm biased. So here's my thing. Uh, I'm up and down peaks and valleys with my feelings on the show. Uh, it's had its moments. It's had its bad, not so good times. I think uh, the comic book's amazing. I am. I don't know how many issues behind now because uh, I sound like a drug dealer. Like my supplier that would <laughs> acquire me uh, the digital renditions of them um, online. And I would swipe through my iPad mini and my iPad mini is essentially like a e-reader. Like that's what I would use it for, like on flights and stuff like that. And like late at night to like read Walking Dead comics. So now I'm a lot of episodes behind because the place my friend acquired them from, which, you know, may or may not have been of, uh, you know, ill repute, uh, may have been shut down and he's trying to find a a new, new place to acquire those for a not substantial fee for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm behind, I don't know how many episodes, but like, uh, or issues I should say. Um, I am current on the TV show and what I would say about that. Are you, are you current or are you on walking dead? Yeah. Like do you watch on AMC or only as far as what's on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, so on what's on Netflix, so you probably would have just missed like the most recent season. Uh, I believe the previous season and all of this season, like the new showrunner, Angela Kang, I think is doing a great job for how much they have changed who's alive and who's dead and who's whatever from the comic. Uh, she's taken what she's been given based on like the whole talent contracts and disputes and people going off to do bigger and better things, bigger shows, bigger movies, and not being available. Um, she is handled those adjustments in pretty good stride. And I, I think that she is kind of revitalizing the show to where I'm more into it now than I was in some past seasons where I was like, Oh God, you're losing it. Like, you know, this sucks. So overall though, positive experience with walking dead. I agree with you on that. And uh, do you have one so more? fourth, this would be fourth. So I said, love death robots, the OA, uh, the, Ozarks, the walking, Oh, Ozarks, the walking Ozarks and the walking dead. Yeah. I guess this would be one more. Um, I rambled for you. I tried uh, to buy you. I tried to buy you time. Son of a bitch. Um, I'd have to be staring at Netflix to even really like. Yeah. Show uh, what I what uh, I appreciate. Um, there's tons of good shows. <sighs> Couple honorable mentions. I'll say Sense Eight. Okay. Sense Eight okay. is is a good show. Um, I won't put it in my top five, but uh, that's a good show. Um. I'd say to go off the back of what you just did with Walking Dead, um, I did watch a good chunk of it on um, Netflix to catch up, but Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. And Breaking Bad is a great show. That's on there. So if you haven't seen that, like Netflix, the hell out of that, that's possibly the greatest show I've ever watched in my entire I want to put that in my top five, but I feel like it's already known just as Walking Dead is, but it, I put it in as a filler. Man, there, there's just so many great shows on Netflix, really, tr- truthfully. Um Fuck, man. Uh, just for sake of progress, I guess I'll say... Uh... Do it. Pull the trigger. I, You know, I don't want to say the wrong answer, actually. So do you have any on- honorable mentions on your part? Ooh, um, there is a show... Uh, f- 
fuck if I remember the exact name. It was something about like the end of the world or something like that. Uh, it's essentially this like kid that was like not like he had problems <laughs> and he met this girl that was also a little bit like fucked up and they just kind of like ran away from home together and got into some mischief. I want to say it's like the end of the world as we know it or, or something like that. I forget what it's called, but that was one I watched last year that I thought was um, interesting. I'd be curious to see where it went. Uh, but yeah, Netflix has a ton of shit. I mean, and then the, I don't know if you've gotten the little alert on your account yet, but it's like, yeah, we're raising our prices. So damn it. You better keep providing the great content because <laughs> the price keeps ticking up year after year, you know, and I get it. You're, you're adding more content. But as I, as I lamented earlier, like in my real life, I cannot fathom where some of my friends find the time to binge all these things they tell me to watch. So like, it's great that you're providing new content, but I'm also like, I don't have time to watch it. So I'm paying you more and don't have the time to utilize what you're supposedly giving me for that extra buck or two, you know? So that's a problem, but uh, let's wrap it up with what we're here for. Let's wrap it up with, with craft beer. We said we want to do maybe not necessarily a top five, but like a five honorable mentions or five, like what you're into, uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to alternate one at a time list? Do you want to just rattle them off and then you rattle them off? Let's, How do you want to do this? Let's rattle them off. You start first. All right. So we'll, we'll rattle them off. Uh, so basically what I did to just kind of like jog my memory, I, I went into my untapped app and just was like saw stuff I gave high ratings to. Um, and it's a it's a little mixture. Most of this is available in stores, but there is one that is like a one-off thing that happened recently that is not distributed in any way, shape, or form. But I don't care. It was one of the best beers I ever had, so I have to go with it. Uh, so in no particular order, I, I will start with New Holland's Dragon's Milk Reserve. Uh, I love the variants of it that I have tried. Uh, the two that I have tried are coconut rum and cherry chocolate. I just purchased the orange chocolate. Can't wait to try that. It's not in the fridge yet. I got to get on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's me kind of lumping a couple flavors into one, but overall very, very positive feedback on those. Um, so Imperial Oak Brewing is one of my favorite breweries and they did a bunch of one keg releases over their three day St. Patty's Day celebration this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those was their, um, their Neapolitan Billy uh, which I believe is an offshoot of their Billy D's uh, Billy that D, they yep. that they sell. So the Neapolitan Billy uh, was one keg, and it was basically like on Untapped. I think I gave it like a five out of five. Like it went down so smooth. It's so much tasted of the ice cream flavor that inspires it, and I was in heaven. And it was so sad to me that like I was not able to buy a growler, crowler, or anything to take it home because they're one keg offerings. They don't let you do that. Um, but recently I did buy the Sagatuck Brewings Neapolitan Milk Stout, and uh, I just needed a Neapolitan fix. I'm hoping that it's as good. Um, the general consensus on Untapped is that it is. I have friends that have rated un- Untapped highly, and I brought a couple in your fridge, and off air I'm totally going to smash one of those and see if it compares to Imperial Oaks version. Uh, number three, I love, love, love. I'm a coffee beer whore. So the point position on that, I will give to Goose Island Fulton Street Blend Coffee Ale. Uh, I will also give shout outs to Surly Brewing's Coffee Bender and uh, Pollyanna Fun Size Coffee. Also okay. very okay. good. Okay. Um, this one had this next one. The fourth one has a caveat. Uh, Boulder Beer Company's Shake Chocolate Porter, but specifically on draft. 
Uh, I first experienced it in Schaumburg. Boulder Chocolate Shake, yeah. Yeah, I first experienced it at level 257, the um, Pac-Man-themed bar in um, an entertainment, I guess, complex uh, in Schaumburg. And me and my buddy were there drinking it, and on draft, it was amazing. He flipped his shit. He looked at his watch. He was like, what time is it? I need to go buy this at Benny's. It was like nine o'clock. It wasn't happening. So the next morning, like 1030 or whenever the hell his local Benny's opens, he went there and he got it. And he's like, yeah, in the bottles, he's like, it's good, but it's nowhere near. It's not the the same because it's nitro everywhere else. Exactly. So he's like, it's good, but not as great as what we had on draft. Um, So that's the caveat with that is that like I saw it at Benny's actually this past weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try stuff I haven't tried yet just because. I trust my buddy. He's got good judgment. If he says it's not as good in the bottle, why would I buy it in the bottle? It was so good on draft. And then uh, I guess to round it out, uh, I will say five rabbit cervecerias, uh, La Pina de Mis Ojos, or for Hmm. you English folk, the pineapple of my eye. Uh, and that was just a delicious sour. And I'm sorry that I'm like brain farting on, on what it's called, but they had that like, um, that like Hispanic, um, like what is that? Like brown, like um, like stick that's kind of like a sweet candy. Oh, so mad at myself for being brain dead right now. But they dunk like one of those in it while supplies uh, lasted at the special event that they did. And it just like accents it so, so good. But it was an amazing sour. Um, I was super, super happy with it. Um, pineapple is, I don't know that I see it a lot in beer, but pineapple in general is a flavor that I put up there with like coffee and coconut. It's just like favorites of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, so those would probably be like five. And if I just want to throw out quick honorable mentions, I don't know if you ever got the chance to partake in the uh, release that they did at open outcry last year. Um, it was their dark pool Russian Imperial stout, but it was with like candy bar flavors mixed in. So they had like a, like a coconut one. They had like a Reese's and Butterfinger one and stuff like that. And a Snickers. Right. So there's like three variants that were like different types of candy bar, like type ingredients into it. And, uh, it was essentially the, it was the day of the world cup. So I went to like an, a proper Irish pub at like early as hell, whatever time that was six, seven, eight AM. I don't recall. And watched the World Cup final. And then I motored up to Open Outcry, paid for tickets to go get my three uh, variants of their their candy bar Russian Imperial Stouts. And that was also amazing. So those are like some honorable mentions within the past year. Some things that I've been super into. Okay, Um, I've had a lot of good beer uh, over the last year. <clears throat> purple haze, purple haze. No, uh, I've had purple haze for a long time now. I've, I've had purple haze. Uh, fuck, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. Uh, no, I, like, I just I, have to I, pee again. I actually, I don't. Thankfully, uh, I do need to eat though soon. But um, I think probably by far my favorite beer of the year of 2019 will be uh, Microphone's Flagpole Citra. Ooh. Which was... I'm going to give mad props for the the title because that's like right in my wheelhouse for like 90s songs and like how I told you, I will pick something on like a brewery list or a store shelf based on name. Immediately, I'm going to try that. Flagpole Citra was probably the best beer I've had thus far this year. Um, It was a double dry hopped IPA brewed with citra and vanilla. I'll risk I'll risk the man boobs for that one. And unfortunately, right there is where the tape cut. 
I shit you not. I know it sounds like uh, we just got tired of Brady and we hit the button. Uh, not the case at all. Literally, we downloaded our audio file and saw that uh, the mics cut out, man. I think that day we sat for four to five hours and, and this is the slightly edited down version uh, of what you had that day. And uh, I, I promise you, we, we definitely don't want to cut Brady short. As you've heard through uh, this whole two-part episode, uh, the shy beer guy knows his shit when it comes to beer. So you did get to hear him say what his favorite beer that he's tasted for the past year was. And if you want to hear any more uh, of his honorable mentions, just go back and look at his content. I believe he just reviewed like his 71st or second beer. Uh, plus, he does all kinds of other content and interviews besides his deep dives into the beer. So uh, if you want to find him, you can find him at Shy Beer Guy on Facebook and then on Instagram, which is probably his most popular platform, and his Twitter. Uh, both of those are going to be at Shy underscore Beer underscore Guy. Uh, if you find a cartooned picture of him in front of a stylized Chicago flag, you're in the right place. He has a really badass logo. And uh, really, really fun to collaborate with him on, on this co-branded content uh, for him to be able to put out video on his channels, for us to be able to put out these audio clips. Uh, just a lot of fun. We'll definitely be working with Brady again in the future. So check him out, Shy Beer Guy. Uh, he's everywhere, and uh, his following is getting stronger by the month. And uh, I definitely recommend him. Uh, one of the best guys I know in beer definitely happy to to call him a a new friend in this biz and uh again got to work with him again in the future uh definitely worth your time to go check him out uh speaking of checking people out check us out we've got some cool stuff coming up this summer uh next month june is going to be our one year anniversary show uh if you liked hearing us talk about what we're tasting today uh on this big episode we are going to basically celebrate our one year anniversary as if we turned 21 uh we're gonna taste a a ton of different beers and give our thoughts on them uh that's gonna be a big part of that episode we'll also have a a special guest or two uh, working on on hashing out the final details of that before we will reveal it uh, of course stay tuned to our social media channels for that announcement and then in July it's my birthday and I'm just getting better with age I like to think so uh, we're gonna be doing some cool stuff there including an eight-year vertical tasting of founders KBS Kentucky breakfast stout uh, we will see how the flavor profile has changed as it has aged over eight years uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're also going to be tasting some offerings from Treehouse Brewing in Massachusetts. And they're hot right now. Uh, I mean, we got a hookup. Thank God we got like a friend of a friend that lives out there. Because if you don't, man, those eBay prices are scary on some of these, these beer trades and uh, beer sales. So uh, happy to bring you that. And, and calling all friends. Uh, I know some of you all went to Dark Lord Day and it's a pricey ticket and it's a big investment and you know people like to keep their stuff and age it people like to flip it and sell it but hey if there's anybody out there in the beer community that wants to crack uh, one of those bottles like on your time sometime when you feel like drinking it and uh, and you want to sit down with us and you want to talk about it on the After Work Drinks podcast 
I'm not gonna beg. I'm just saying, like, I, I know the situation with Dark Lord. I'm just saying, I didn't get to make it out that day. I did not get to secure any. Uh, if you did and you wanna be on the show, do a little maybe co-branded review, kind of like what we do with Brady here today, uh, hit us up. Let us know. You can email us. It's awdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be a beer content, uh, beer influencer person online. You don't have to have a podcast. You don't have to have an Instagram channel. You could just be a dude or dudette, and we'll gladly have you on if you want to crack one open with us. Uh, that's something we're looking to do uh, for the big pooch birthday bash in July as well, if we can get our hands on it. And of course, the best way to stay informed on all of our latest news and updates, uh, including uh, events that we may have popped up at or guests that we've confirmed for upcoming shows, uh, beers that we're going to be having on the show, uh, basically anything and everything. You, you want to stay in touch with us on social media so that you are always informed and in the loop. And you could do that on Facebook and Instagram at AWD Podcast. You can do that on Twitter at AWD Pod. And hey, if you want to watch some uh, some fun pics and vids, we mess around on the Snapchat too. That one is going to be After Work Drinks, all spelled out, caps on those first letters, no spaces, After Work Drinks. We thank you very much for tuning in to this very special two-part episode. Uh, we decided that it went so well. This is going to be the dawn of a series of special episodes that we will sprinkle in moving forward uh, whenever we have the opportunity. Uh, it'll be called our Tasting and Talking series. So uh, once again, huge thanks to the Shy Beer Guy, Brady Potts, for being the first of our special sit-down episodes uh, where we basically just throw out random talking points and, and have a discussion, a good, honest, authentic discussion while sipping on some beers and, and giving our thoughts and, and reviewing them. Uh, so that's going to be cool moving forward. And of course, we hope you continue to join us each and every month, and especially next month. Uh, we hope to find you right back here for our one-year anniversary show. Uh, it's going to be a great time, and we hope that you will get in on the fun. And as always, but with even a little bit more emphasis now as we head into those crazy summertime months, please drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, be good to each other out there, and stay safe. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks podcast. Until next time, cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off. I slide past my boss. I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, but fuck it. I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. People say I got hex games for brains Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane But life's an adventure, I just ride it out Live in the moment, might die tomorrow Relax, I don't write this song to make it back I wrote the song cause works out, man, it's time to drink You know